Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrestmedia.com. Let's say goodbye to all your worries about tax planning, investment troubles, and any confusion when it comes to managing your finances and money. Here at Rocky Hill Accountants, our team has a combined 35 years of experience and will help you do it right. We're dedicated to your needs and will deliver on a result that is professional and trustworthy. Our firm is large enough to offer a full range of professional services, but small enough to give you the individual attention that you deserve. Our business portfolio includes thousands of prepared tax returns for individuals, families, partnerships, businesses, and more. The team at Rockdale Accountants are also thoroughly trained in tax laws and procedures. We have the ability to represent taxpayers before the IRS when they arrive at collections, audits, and appeals. This allows us to offer our accuracy and audit guarantee to tax clients. Please visit our website at RockyHillAccountants.com or give us a call at 860-257-4238 to schedule an appointment. Coming to you live from Florida, it's Speaking It Real. Here's your host, Frank Cuesta and Carlos Contreras. Oh, oh, Zach, you're killing us, Zach. Oh, there we go. He unmuted us. What's going on, Carlos? <laughs> How it's much, man? Friday. <clears throat> it is show 42. 42 many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it's been pretty quiet. Not quiet week, but everything's all over the place. Nah. And, um, I can't say it's been quiet, but... Uh, the yeah. news is the, the news has really shown itself to be the disorganized mess that it is, and yeah, I've been saying it forever, but yeah. So I mean, we'll definitely touch base on that. Um, oh yeah, listen, oh, we have Ryan's here. Yes, great. <laughs> listen, we have a packed show today. <laughs> All right, but before we get to that, guys, don't forget to download our our podcast on. Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast needs. All right. Give us a like. Give us a share. Start sharing us now because, like I said earlier, we got a packed show. We're, we're here with Talks with Liam Lee. All right. We had one show. About a, we had one show a couple months ago, and you know what? It was so good. We had to bring them back on. You know? Oh, man. And, and, and here they are with this master setup. Like, <laughs> yeah, thank you. We, we should make this their show and we can be the guest today. It's all good. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm down for whatever. Why not? <laughs> we're still, we're in a closet. It's just a good lighting. <laughs> it's a nice closet. <laughs> it's a really nice closet. <laughs> it's a master closet, you know. It's... <laughs> all right. It's a walk in closet, huh? <laughs> yeah. Damn. No, I got all, right, I got all my good. shoes back here. They're on the floor. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, so, it's my first meeting meeting you guys, so nice to meet you. Great to have yeah. you. Yeah. 
Nice meeting you, Carlos. We talked about you on our last podcast a little bit. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> hey, look, one thing Carlos told me before you guys came on, before we even had this podcast, he was very adamant in what we we're going to talk about. Because oh. he's like, look, I, I don't want to be set up. You know, like you set me up once before because when we first started, I literally set Carlos up. All right. <laughs> I go, hey, look, come on to this show that we're going to be on. And just we're just going to promote our show. We're going to promote Speaking at Real. Right. And let me tell you something. We promoted Speaking at Real. Yeah, we did. But Carlos got bombarded. Wait, what was the setup? Did All you right. have somebody come on and attack him, or what was the setup? No, I just they they sat me down with like. We were on another show. <laughs> oh yeah, gotcha. <laughs> you know, they just started bombarding him with questions. I mean, we're looking at, you know, we got the right, we got the left. What was so what they, was supposed to be a twenty minute greet turned into a three hour show. It was like, oh. all right. <laughs> Because oh, I, I guess they, I guess they expected me to like turn tail and run. I'm like, no, no. no. I mean, I'll, no, I'll... I thought I thought we were here so Carlos could tell us why we just pulled out of Af Afghanistan. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have the answer in 20 minutes. <laughs> I have all those answers. <laughs> oh well, hey, you know what? Let's let's get right on to it. My question: What are you guys' thoughts of of, of Afghanistan? Uh, it's a complicated uh, issue all, all around. I mean, we there's people that say it's similar to Vietnam, uh, U.S. pulling out, but there's quite quite a big difference where uh, North Vietnam was communist and the South Vietnamese. Even I mean, if you go into the history of it, the South Vietnamese, it was it wasn't exactly that they were fighting communism. It was just a they wanted a a government that was for the people. Um, I, I guess we could get into theory of if communism can. Is it the Socialist Party that usually arises and gets corrupt? Um, there, there's a, there's so much st stuff. So anyways, I guess uh, Afghanistan, um, I, I think it's just complicated. I, I really don't have an answer. What uh, We probably shouldn't, we shouldn't have been there in the first place, I think. That's my thoughts on it. I can say the uh, similarities is you see, you're seeing the moment of a collapse of a country where, where people are trying to escape because, hey, it's so bad. Like, if I stay here, these, these suckers are going to kill me. So I, you know, any plane I can get on, um, you know, any way I can get out of here, anywhere I can go is better than here because these, these, these MFs are, you know, they're after me. So you're seeing the, the, the end of, of a government. Um, well, so it's terrible. It's terrible. Right. Well, Laura, Laura is saying that we had to pull out just not the way we did. Now, yeah. my question to, <clears throat> to her or to anybody else that's listening what would be a good way to pull out? You know, we, I think everybody always knew that the Taliban were going to take over eventually. Yeah. You know, and it was just a matter of time. I think it doesn't matter when we pulled out. I think it was going to create ruckus, period. You know, <clears throat> it's, I mean, what about setting up for America so, to be there long enough to set up a government that's actually sustainable and a democracy? We, that's that's the mistake we made right there. Is, well, is trying to do that for 20 years. There are just some places that are not going to bend. They're not. We honestly should have left the minute we, we, we got bin Laden. We should have left. Uh, that would have been the prime time and probably the most right time to go. Now, I agree with Laura to a certain extent, though. 
I mean, I, like I said, I've been listening to a lot of information and, uh, you know, I heard, or I, at least I've heard from sources and I'm trying to read, I'm trying to find it, but conversations were had, plans were made where there was supposed to be a much smoother pullout than this. Um, they just weren't executed. Um, and so instead we just literally hightailed and ran and we left them a treasure trove of weapons um, we left what 10,000 Americans behind that's that sit that that's the point like we I think everybody realized the Taliban was eventually going to do what it was going to do but we literally just packed up and left and 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 we left a lot behind in the process and it looks a lot messier than it could have been uh, so and I'm not saying it would have been perfect but threats were made to the Taliban <clears throat> when they were being told hey we're leaving but if you try anything these are the consequences you're going to face as we are on the way out i'd like to verify that i hear there's conversations okay. that were recorded where this mm. information can be verified but they don't want to let that stuff out so hey, look, i don't know ovi ovi muniz is um he's on the chat he's uh part of the hhw <clears throat> wrestling show and hhw podcast and mm. all four downs and he you know he served in the in the military. He was in Afghanistan, and he's he's commenting over here. No matter what will happen now, five or ten years later, that actually in Afghanistan would have happened. I know this from experience. But he no also doubting that. You know, it's there is there is nothing smooth for any pullout, and it's true. I mean, that could go many different ways, but you know, there there is nothing smooth to to any type of of leaving any type of country. And now I'm going to tell you that the way that I see it, and Ovi could probably um, either agree or disagree with me on this. Um, <clears throat> we were there. We got there. We were training their military also. Mm. Okay. To fight against the Taliban. Now, from what I've seen in the news, the military just went, Ooh, and they back off. Mm-hmm. And some so, of the documentaries that the military that got trained there, they are not ready, man. If you see them try to pick up a gun, them try to run, right. them try to. You remember when, when I think it was it last week and we were beginning to talk about Afghanistan and, and I told you something's not right. How is it that we've been training people for 20 years and no one's, no one looks like they're ready to fight anything. It's like, what have we been doing there this whole time? Or what have they been doing with what we've been showing them this whole time? Something didn't smell right for me a long time ago. I keep hearing, yeah, we've trained their military. I'm like, where are they? <laughs> yeah. I don't see them. They they backed off and left. Biden saw a few months ago about the Taliban were no threat. I don't think it's this is more political because Laura Trump didn't do too much either. You know, Trump I don't think had a plan much. <laughs> you know, so I I I don't think it doesn't matter who the president is. You know, whether it's Trump, Biden, Obama, Obama. <clears throat> the guy before on Bush, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. I yeah, think I, this would have happened, and there's always to be um, a finger to point. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. not sure I can agree with that. I mean, I do feel, <clears throat> I do feel that the end result probably would have been the same no matter who, but the process getting out, I think, would have been different depending on who was president. I don't think there was a way to get them out. There, there, well, there's not a smoother way to get out. As far as I know, there were plans in place, and they got completely ignored. I absolutely mm -hmm. want to verify this information. That's why I told you earlier, 
I was looking for articles <clears throat> and no one's really getting into the details about what was planned or what wasn't planned. Everyone's just trying to cover for politician X and it's ridiculous. Like this is what our news has become and it's annoying. I was really trying to find like, give me the nitty gritty here. I've heard that there were plans and there were contingency plans in the prior administration. I want to see them. I can't find them. Um, I people think are the saying closest, that, that, uh... that People the are saying that I've Biden. Heard there, Carlos, is you I'm can sorry. go to uh, if you go to NPR. I think NPR has interviewed a couple of like generals and ex-generals that were like theater commanders <clears> over there, and they had pretty detailed uh, info that you wouldn't see in the news. Uh, if I can go find that, I'll, I'll send it to you. But sure, um, sure. Uh, and, I mean, I've heard and, that I've heard there are conversations that were recorded between leaders, like between Trump and some of the leaders. In fact, I heard something pretty sinister. Trump actually told him, and this I'd like to verify it. So just don't, don't, don't take this as like biblical truth. During the negotiations, Trump told the Taliban. He actually told them, "Look, you know, I'm going to end up doing X, Y, Z if you don't follow these contingencies. These are this is a mm -hmm. condition-based exit." And and in that conversation, he told him, "By the way, you're in this location right now, and I can wipe you out if I chose to. I know where you are." don't you know and basically threatened them and told them we're going to get out and then you know probably the chaos and everything was going to ensue anyway but i think it would have been a smoother exit now we can spend time verifying the things i've heard this week i've done everything i can to pay attention to this story for this show yeah but <clears throat> you know i'm trying to interrupt you there but ov has a point and i'm gonna completely agree with them the only people that have intel about pull-offs are classified are classified information Okay, don't believe the hype. And being, you know, being the fact that I was in the military also, you know, there is stuff that, <clears throat> that is very classified that me as a soldier, I'm not going to know. I'm told, hey, go do this, go do that. And you know what? You go with what's being told to you, and you go with the minimal intel that they're giving you. They're not going to mm -hmm. tell you the whole plan no at that one moment. Yeah, but okay? Frank, let's so be honest, I, I I'm willing Thanks. to bet that there's a lot more to this than what we all know, and that we will probably never know. Leaks, leaks are leaks are as good as leaks are as frequent as you after ten beers, dude. You can say classified <laughs> till the day is long. <laughs> classified shit comes out all the time, and you know it. Hell, Lord knows how much classified crap we heard during the Trump administration—stuff we were not supposed to hear, yet it was all over the news. So classified, smashified, it's there. It's supposed to be classified, but that doesn't mean people don't talk in Washington. They do all the time. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a four beer guy myself. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you everything after four beers. <laughs> there you go. It and takes I, me a couple more have, of that. Then you, have, then you have the optics of it. Then you have the optics of it. Like during the pullout, I believe he decided to go on vacation. Then he's talking about, oh, this was four or five days ago. Like it was no big deal. He's handled this horribly. He's handled this horribly from his end. So, I mean, there are many things that are going on right now outside of the the, the, the atrocities we're seeing. The, the whole thing is just is, is being handled terribly. He's distant. He doesn't answer questions. He turns his back when they want to ask him questions. He's extending vacations, I think I heard. It's a mess, dude. I mean, ah. but again, do I don't want to make this too much about President X. Yeah. What do you guys think about the military industrial complex? How much do you think like it played 60% on the, on this keeping it a 20 year war or keeping it as long as it could, or was it like 10% or you guys have any theories? 
are you asking if we thought this 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 lasted too long and they they, they it was all about did money. they basically vietnam this is what you're asking me asking us uh, I think more so more, I theorize it was a lot of money that was just exchanging hands for military weapons and or people paying each other senators or a high up government. That's um, but something I don't, we I, do. It's something we're yeah. doing. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I just theorize, is it is it 90% or is it 40%? I kind well, of, right now, if I had to guess, if I had to just throw some <clears throat> number out there, I kind of feel like it's 95%, but I'm open to arguments i think like i said we're all going to have different I'm opinions clueless. on this but if there was a time when we could have left and at least made it seem like we had a definite purpose as to why we went mm. and when we're leaving it was when we killed bin laden laura says 90 90 yeah. percent. Mm. thank you laura and, <laughs> and so the, everything that happened after bin laden yeah you got to kind of scratch your head and ask yourself what and why um, we have to stop doing that. Uh, we have to stop doing that across the world. Um, but that's yeah, just I my opinion. I think after bin Laden, we should have left. We should have left. And I think even if, if chaos ensued in Afghanistan after bin Laden, as Americans, we can say, hey, we came here with a purpose. We did our job and we're done. And, and that's it. But that's not what happened. We ended up staying there for what, 10 more years? Yeah. Like, why? Why? So... Yeah, I, 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 I grow tired of the constant world policing uh, that, that we do, even though when we don't police it, everything falls apart. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's hey, a uh, Sketchy says it was 100%. Thank you, Sketchy. Sketchy's raising the, raising the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I got hey, Sketchy look, and Laura sketch on my side today. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, man. Laura That's a go. dichotomy you never hear. I don't, I don't think you realize what you just said. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Getchy and Laura on the same side. Y'all play Powerball tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really have to, Matt, because that's that's uh, that's few and beyond. You know, that's not a whole lot that's not happened. Yeah. Um, so that's it, and it's a terrible thing now. But but you know, we also have to go with what we've always said about past presidents. If the buck stops here, then this is his. This is his dinner. This is what he has to eat and serve and. This is on him, no matter what. Uh, so I don't know how it's going to unfold. I mean, I think now the interesting is if the number is accurate, <clears throat> that you've got 10,000 American citizens stranded there. <laughs> hmm. I remember the last time well, we had, what, 500 people stuck in Iran. That took, what, three, uh, two years to, to, uh, to, to, to try to get them out? We're not talking about 10,000 people <laughs> in Afghanistan? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I did hear that Biden did say that he's going to leave the troops there until we get all the Americans out. Mm. You know, I so, think I saw the article this morning too. Yeah, I did. I did see. So I mean, I didn't really read it much. I saw the headline of it. You know, so I I did see that. I think actually CNN posted that this morning. <clears throat> I was I was I was sitting down this morning reading it. So, and yeah. then you got then you got to look at the other thing that makes the this all of this so messed up is the things that were said before this happened. He was asked. Are the Taliban going to take over? Do they have a chance of taking over? What did he say? Highly unlikely. It's not going to happen. We don't see. I, we don't see any signs of that happening at all. I mean, he looks like a buffoon. I think that's a lie. I mean, I've seen reports that I've said that they well, knew that the words. Taliban. I, I mean, I think that they all knew that the Taliban eventually was going to take that they were going to take over. They just didn't think it was going to happen so fast. 
<laughs> Laura. I love Laura. Um, Laura Trump is the devil, whichever way you look at it. Oh, you know, he's just not ready. He's a little orange. Frank, put a sock in it. <laughs> this is what happens when you live in a free country that has no issues. You say stupid shit like that. Oh, he's the devil. You have Laura, to you Laura why are you saying that, Laura? <laughs> hey, Laura's the one that brought it up, not me. I You're the one with that's with like, yeah, I agree. I agree. No, no. I agree with Laura. I said that right. Okay, I agree with her. Well, um, here's yeah. here's what's interesting, right? There's only a couple million people in Afghanistan, right? There's not right. it's not a huge population. I think you probably could have gave them all guns, like every man, woman, and child guns. I think right? we just did. Yeah, <laughs> but in in some way, the Taliban is still taking over, right? So there's not some big enough population of people that are like, "Hey, fuck no, I'm gonna fight," right? So if America, if if you know Canada was gonna invade us or something, you gave everybody a gun, which we already got. There's no fucking way Canada is gonna take over. Because every dude on the block is going to be packing heat, and you can't take over a population that's heavily armed, right? So it just depends I, I on what kind of weapons you use. Didn't Biden say something like, "If you want to fight against the military or the American government, you're going to need like F-15s"? That, yeah, but the Taliban. Kind of I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? but with the Taliban, you, if you armed everybody, you effectively can't take <clears throat> over an armed population. You can't force them to do shit. You can right. kill them. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, um, so I, it's weird to me that that was not some bristling problem for the Taliban. What it tells me is that everybody there has family ties and religious ties and is, is somewhere in the middle and is is dancing across the line. And sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm a terrorist. Sometimes I'm I'm uh, this religion. Sometimes I'm in cahoots. With, this is my cousin over here, and I'm going to tell him where everybody's at. And And to me, it seems like a very mixed up. I brought something like that up last week, too, when I was talking to Frank about <clears throat> how I felt it was weird that the Afghan troops weren't weren't like they didn't appear like they were being trained. And I also said it almost seems like they're just in cahoots, like they're just OK with this, like it's not a problem to them. Like and yeah. some of them probably even support it. How many stories have we heard about the troops were training, um, shooting at us, uh, you know, taking us out? Mm. Uh, running away just all sorts of stuff it's been it's been a fiasco training them and i mean frank you can speak but from experience uh if you want i, I mean i i can't speak about afghanistan i've never been there oh i thought i thought i understood you, you didn't train that. the taliban no <laughs> no yes, no, did. no actually well, <laughs> Ovi, 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 uh, if i'm not mistaken <laughs> was in afghanistan <laughs> i took the beard lessons huh <laughs> yeah the long hair too right this is way back. I was training Al Qaeda, not the not the Taliban. <laughs> so I, I watched yeah. a short I watched a short documentary, but it was more on the countryside of like Afghanistan. And the issue that they had was that so you you get a family unit unit maybe uh, maybe five uncles and aunts and then the kids and whatnot. But their their farm is spread out on I don't know ten acres, twenty acres, and so when the Taliban mm -hmm. comes around, uh, it's easier to decimate this family unit because they're so spread out and the U uh, the u.s army would come in and train them give them guns and then they would circle around like uh, a few months later and come back and check uh, do they still have their guns are they still practicing their weapons and whatnot every time they come back these people are so spread out this family unit spread on their farms and they're like we can't we can't 
train. We need to get food. We need carrots, potatoes, whatever it is. And so the, from the economy to the money to the family unit getting food, that was the, one of the biggest troubles that they had. Now, this is for the countryside, so there's just spreading uh, some thoughts for what Emmett said earlier. Those I think the, was. Yeah, and those are logistics that I'm sure they've been experiencing for years. It, it is mind-boggling that we as a nation – no, it's probably not mind-boggling, but <laughs> I mean, the, you, know, you see these things occurring year after year, and 20 years later, we decide it's time. Uh, you know, it's, and then we go back to the, you know, the industrial complex. It's like, yeah, that's just a mill for weapons. And it's, mm. it's essentially another Vietnam is what it is. And so <clears throat> yeah, the, the, the U S needs to just stop doing that nonsense. There are just some places that are not going to change. They don't care for a democracy and it's not our job to put one there. Let them do that. And to some degree, fix the stuff that we got, the problems we have in America first before we start right? trying to be a world police somewhere. <laughs> police our, 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 uh, police well, our people or, or... Yeah, but you can't just leave everybody alone because they'll fly an airplane into your building. So you can't just leave everybody alone. Yeah, there's, see, there's bad there, there has there. to be some semblance of, uh, of um, I guess, supervision or monit- 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 you know, monitoring. It's a hard, yeah, it's a hard tightrope to walk. Right, it is, it is, and uh, but I think the so problem, essentially we are the world police. Right, and I think that's a problem though. I don't mind policing, but I think what's what's really happened, and I think this is where the industrial complex is probably at greatest fault, is that we've made the rest of the world way too comfortable with our policing. They well, all depend on it. The problem is this: if we're going to police the world, then you know what? Let's go into Venezuela. Let's get rid of them. Yeah, let's just go handle let's Cuba. Let's go into Cuba. That's a problem. We could have handled mm-hmm. Cuba okay. years ago. <laughs> if we if we're gonna be the world police, you know what? Let's 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 go into all these other countries. I've yeah. I've actually said that before. Like uh, nobody gives us credit for the good things we do. We might as well just be an asshole and just right? <laughs> just take over let's who just, you want. Just <laughs> let's just yeah, start taking them out. Yeah, the Next U.S. just might as well go be a bully. <laughs> yeah, because everybody well. everybody sees the U.S. as a jerk bully. Anyway, it's not like everybody's thankful and says, thank you, America, for making the world a better place. So if they're going to blame us, then the U.S. should just go kick everybody's ass. Which I find funny because when they protest against their government, it's our flag they're waving. So which is it? Yeah. <laughs> which is it? You saw Hong Kong. U.S. flags yeah. everywhere. Cuba, U.S. flags everywhere. Venezuela. What's the deal? <laughs> yeah, <call> for help. <laughs> Make up your minds. You either hate us or you don't. Um, but this, again, we did this to ourselves. The rest of the world has gotten too comfortable. That's why so many nations in Europe and, and stuff, they have like small militaries because they know, all right, if anything happens, the U.S. will be there. We need to stop doing that. Mm. I think we just need to stop doing that. <clears throat> but, you know, they, I guess we work deals out with them in other ways. We use weapons and they provide other things. I don't know. That's, that's in the minutia. But that uh, needs co- to stop because... One of the few times I agree with, with Sketchy is that we do spend too much money on defense. I think it's important that we do keep a very healthy defense, and I don't mind putting money into it, but I'm sure we can shave some of that money to other initiatives that need it, and mm-hmm. instead the War Department keeps banging the drum. We need more money. Like, Okay. I, I can tell you Costa Rica doesn't have a military because they, uh, they got all our pineapples and bananas down there. And And – and guess what? We protect them. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> Don't fuck with Costa with Rica. Pineapples and bananas. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. We'll be there. And so. <laughs> I want my fruit. 
<laughs> hey, uh, but right quick, right quick, you know, if you guys are tired or getting pissed off with these mosquitoes, all right, as <laughs> I am, okay, Mosquito Shield has my ass covered. Check out this commercial by them right quick. <laughs> it's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield tailored treatment system. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one size fits all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise has awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. So anyways, I got this mosquito, had a mosquito problem. <laughs> I didn't either, man. I found that out on Wednesday when I, think, I was when, when asked you're from to run Florida, the it's like, you have mosquitoes, really? <laughs> but I guess they do. I thought they were all here. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm down with killing all mosquitoes on Earth. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm not even worried about that? terrorists anymore. Fuck the mosquitoes. That's spending years ago. That's wasps. Both of them out. We'll get it. Yeah. Any animal that wants to eat me <laughs> needs to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So let me ask you gentlemen a question. I, I brought this up with Frank. Um, uh, have both of you ever lived in Vietnam or you're first generation Americans? What's your story? First generation Americans. Okay. So I'm assuming anything and everything you've heard is from your parents. Have you been there? I've been there uh, about four times and then four actually times. spent um, six months twice. So um, in 2010, spent six months there. In 2018, spent six months there. Okay. So, yeah. um, you know, naturally, uh, there's always the conversation about, you know, socialism and communism and, and the realities of it and, and, and mm -hmm. the violence behind it. And, you know, you, you know, you know, every talking point, but I love to hear actual experiences or stories from people who I've either lived or have family that lives there. Now, Frank and I have, uh, we have Cuban families and mm -hmm. we've heard our terrible stories. Vietnam is one of those communist countries that are like, it's quiet. I never hear about Vietnam <laughs> and communism, yeah. but it is. So I, I think just for my knowledge and for our audience you know tell me about communism in vietnam what's it like um you, you know just some feedback something you want to go for it first Emmett? uh yeah so as quick as i can the the core the root the problem of the vietnam war was that the french were a colonial power the french were coming to vietnam taking all their coffee and rice and shit right so vietnam says hey we, we don't like this we need some help like hey america help us out like we know you like democracy let's let's be cool and get these fucking French out of here. And the French were like, hey, America, this is right after World War II. The French are like, oh, well, leave us alone there, America. We're making some money there. If you come mess with us in Vietnam, we might just join the Soviet Union over here in Europe. So the French blackmailed the U.S. into not helping Vietnam uh, as far as Ho Chi Minh in the north. Mm. So eventually Ho Chi Minh got an offer from the Russians and the Russians were like, hey, we got guns and shit. You can you can shoot these French motherfuckers yourself. Here, here's some guns. Wow. Here's some weapons. Right. So the Vietnamese North fell in 
with the Russians out of necessity. So that conflict continues, right? So they become communists because it's their best alternative. The U.S. tries to help the South because they don't want to see communism spread. If you want an illustration of whether communism is good to spread or not, 10 years before that was Korea. So North Korea taken over by communism, South Korea not. Where would you rather be right now? Pick and choose, right? So, mm-hmm. so Vietnam was stuck in kind of a communist scene for a while. They tried it. They, they got their land and their farms collectivized, and they said, this sucks. I'm doing all this work and shipping off all my rice to some other guy. So all these soldiers that came back from the South and ended up in communism were like, well, fuck this. This is stupid. They dropped it effectively, right? So the government is communist, but the company, uh, the country acts capitalist. So now, yeah, so what you have now is a very capitalist country that you're free to do what you want up to a point, as long as you don't challenge the government or, you know, uh, insult or threaten the guys at the top then you're okay to be as capitalist as you want. So Vietnam is a place that is now catching up with the world. They were kind of cut off until the late 90s. And so now they're catching up very quickly. Everybody's got a scooter. Everybody's got a cell phone. And they're now integrating with the world. They're becoming a manufacturing and industrial place where you can manufacture things. That's always the steps, the path forward. Uh, Look at Germany. Look at Japan. Look at South Korea. You start industrializing. Once you can build shit with factories, look at China, right? Once you can build shit with factories, you start making some money and becoming part of the world, educate your people, learn the science, get the doctors, get the engineers, right? So they're they're catching up quick, but they're they're they got a late start on the modern world is I think I think that's my answer. And then the the late start with uh it's it's similarities to China. So my personal story is talking to locals there when i went there for six months my one of my most favorite things is to kind of sit down and get to know them and ask him so what do you think what would have happened if south vietnam and america would have won the vietnam war and it's and due to um propaganda from the government and what they're i think what they allow textbooks to have for the teachers to teach the children um a lot of the young generation is saying "Am, am i allowed to cuss here yeah. On the show. Uh, so the, oh, I mean, get... hello. Have you not been hearing Emmett? <laughs> so, oh, sorry. sorry. I got so, heated. Some of the younger generation told me, like, yeah, America would have fucked us up. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? And they're like, no, they would have came in. They would have taken our rice, would have taken our woman, women. They would have raped them. They would have pillaged us. I'm like, <clears throat> well, don't you see the similarities in North Korea, South Korea? And they're like, no, that's a different story. I'm like, I think that's the same thing. I think that's kind of what would happen if America would have and South Vietnam would have won. It probably would have been a divide of North and South Vietnam, and then South Vietnam probably would have prospered. But um, today, people in 2018, I was asking the younger generation, "What do you guys feel about about that?" And that's how that that was their answers. And I think my theory is just what they're being taught in class and what they're able to uh, search on Google. I I can't verify that part because I my Vietnamese is not that good enough to actually search on their Google and try to decipher right. what what's being fed is it filtered or whatnot but the answers that I got um, that's the younger generation thinks that but uh, just to take it on the human level on a one-to-one basis um, I mean people are fucking amazing like I love just sitting down talking to someone in a different culture and to me Vietnam even though that is my uh, in my genetics I'm Vietnamese but for me to talk to them, I'm so much more American. I'm so many, um, I guess, degrees separ- separated from their right. livelihood that when I talk to them, there's such a 
divides are such a difference. So for me to be able to connect with them and when we share coffee, beer and eat and talk, I mean, there's, there's no divide. It, it's fucking governments and, 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 and borders of countries that's really causes all this hardship. <clears throat> so, Emmett, you brought something interesting up because, yeah, and again, this is just me. I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, the French. Uh, no, 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 not, not the French. <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what I understood from you is that Vietnam is in a state where I guess the people, I'm just going to say it the way I understood it, sure, to please yeah. clarify. It seems as if the people are content making their money and and just being left alone by a government. But the government, it's almost as if they're like mob bosses, but they're quiet. <laughs> yeah, there's still, there's still government control in that you can't just uh, go on vacation. You can't leave the country without good permission, right? You're going to need a lot of government permission to leave <clears throat> the country because they want to make sure you're coming back. Um, so there's a lot of control, you know, there's a lot of freedom up to a point, the, the point at which you bump up against the government there and, and the government there is much more of a cohesive singular thing than in the U S in the U S when you say the government, you could be talking about the health department or the DEA, there's a million things going on. It's hard to say the government in the U S but in Vietnam, it's a lot more coherent to say the government in that as long as you don't cross the line in, in a couple of places, then you're kind of free to do what you want. Um, as long as you're not out there, you know, saying the wrong things and doing the wrong things, then you're okay to live your life. And, and I think what they're learning and seeing is, you know, they got Facebook, so they're, they're friends with me. They see my life, right? They see what I'm doing. Um, they can also, you know, there's been Vietnamese people in America for 40 years now. So people come back and visit and they send money back, right? And so they'll, they'll get those stories of what it's like in the U.S., right? And so if anybody in Vietnam has a chance to move to the U.S., are they going to say, eh, not really, I like it here? Are they going to say, hell yeah, that sounds great. If you give them a chance, hey, do you want to move to Russia? They go, oh, uh, I don't know, right? So it, that's kind of the proof in the pudding is that they get the external, they have enough external feedback to kind of see the world in a skewed way but, you know, a lot of, you know, there's probably millions of Americans that were visiting Saigon and Vietnam. So you get to see these million people and you go, are these are these evil rapist assholes or are they, you know, are they just obnoxious jerks with a lot of money? Right. So they see some version of America in in, in different different ways. So I think the, the the truth is kind of bleeding through slowly. I think um, to answer Laura's question in there, which I think kind of what Emmett is talking about. And then she's asking what, what, uh, when do you cross the line? So things that like, if you, if you created probably a, a radio, ch uh, station there and really promote, promoted freedom of speech, but freedom of speech, like against the government, they would probably crack, crack down on you. Mm -hmm. But if you created like a ramen shop and you got, you are became a multi-millionaire billionaire, they, they probably wouldn't care unless you, if you paid your taxes, they wouldn't give a crap. So it's, it's just those, those things where you do cross the line with the government, whether it's money or or a certain freedom of speech that could impede the government's we control. We lose Carlito. We lost Carlito. Oh. I think Carlos. Oh, he's back. Oh, oh no. He got so censored. Okay. <laughs> I censored him. Vietnam, Vietnam is on our show. <laughs> they know. They know. They're like, hey, Carlos is asking all these questions. Cut him. So they Cut him. <laughs> Show him what's up. So let's see. Let's see if I get this right. 
they, you know, they could over there pretty much do a lot except for going against the government, obviously. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's pretty much it. The punishment. So they would, could. They could probably, I mean, put you to jail. And, and, and the thing about the jail thing is there's no, the government and the police, they're one entity. So their agenda is the same. So that's where you, you should get scared. If you're in that position somehow, that's yeah. when you should get scared. Yeah. Where, where well, in America, it's kind of different because say if I created a, I don't know, a radio station talk shit about American government, <clears throat> I guess I can't. Different. I'm trying to think of. Well, the difference is you can get a lawyer and have a decent fight, right? It's money based, but you can, you can fight with a lawyer in Vietnam. There ain't no, there ain't no lawyer going to get you justice. Right. So, so how would, how could we compare him to Cuba? I don't know enough about Cuba to. No, I don't. To. That one's for Carlos. What do you think, oh, Carlos? Yeah. How could we be? How how would? How, how could we compare them to Cuba? But from what you've heard, Cubans are better dancers. I think. Uh, well, yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the issue with Cuba is that they, there's there's no semblance of capitalism there. I mean, when they say the government controls everything, that's not an understatement. Like they uh, control everything, right? And yeah. so. They, they, they control the resources. They control how monies are spent. Mm. Let me ask. Let me ask you guys a question, uh, just as a comparison, so you can understand, Frank. In Vietnam, how do you get your food? You go out and buy it. I mean, you make your money from your job, and then you go out. Yeah. Right. So in Cuba, Frank, they stand in line. It gets rationed. Right. That's what I mean. In Cuba, mm. there's that much control to 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 basically how much bread and rice you're going to take home. At yeah. least in Vietnam, there's a semblance of capitalism, and 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 that's to me that's like the government's way of kind of appeasing the public. But at the same time, they're still like watching every move. I don't know if I'd be down with that either. I mean, some people might be, yeah. Some people might be okay with that base level existence. I'm like, no, I want them out. But that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's me. To add a little bit of a current events with COVID uh, spiking in Vietnam, supposedly today they just rolled out APCs with military into Saigon or Ho Chi Minh, and uh, they're going to uh, hand out rations because they want to lock down the city for, I think, uh, 14 or 15 days mm -hmm. and fully lock down. Everyone stay in their house. No one's allowed to do any gatherings, and the government's going to give food to help people get by for the two weeks. Mm. You know, so I would. Serious lockdown, yeah. But you know what? I would really love to see how that works. How mm. that works out with with their COVID numbers, yeah, you know, because I I've been saying this all all along. I think that when this whole COVID stuff started, I think if we would have locked down the whole government and nobody goes nowhere or anything else, mm -hmm. I think our numbers would have been a lot less because <clears throat> yeah. you're controlling it. I mean, of course, yeah. that wouldn't happen because I guarantee you and. Laura will be the first one on the street running around saying, hey, you're not locking me down. You're not going to lock me down, damn it. Frank, this is you. You know, this is your socialist. My freedom. You're a communist. You know? So I guarantee you, you know, but I yeah. think, you know, as a country, I think if we would have locked everybody down completely, our numbers yeah. would have been down. So speaking of um, COVID now, how are the, um, well, did, did you guys get vaccinated just out of curiosity? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yep. Okay, so both of you did. All right. What do you guys think of a third booster shot? A third booster shot. Oh, a third shot. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. A third shot. Sorry. 
Yeah, I, I guess the concern is that, uh, you know, people are concerned that it, maybe it's a scam for the pharmaceuticals to make more money, right? They want to sell another shot. Is that is that the main objection that people seem to have? Um, you know, I, that's I don't have enough information, but I would say, hey, look, if, if there's I mean, another that's, shot. That's that, one thing. That's one aspect, but it's not a major aspect. Yeah. I think what we're dealing with here in a realistic scope is we're all getting vaccinated with shots mm -hmm. that haven't been approved, but we're taking the risk. We're like, you know what? We'll do it. Fine. And now, now we're finding out that it's possible that the first vaccine we took wasn't strong enough because people who are vaccinated are still getting sick. And so now we're going to start taking boosters. So then you can't help but add that little nugget you just tossed in there. Like, all right, what's going on here? <laughs> um, yeah. If it's, if it's critical to fight the new stronger variants, then that kind of makes sense. Right, um, it does, and I mean, I think we should yeah. be fine. No one's gone full Resident Evil yet, as far as I know. So, yeah, I can I can tell you a little story. My uh, my cousin out in uh, Boston is a head of an ER department, right? It's a prestigious hospital. He's the head of the ER, and he says, "You know what? Obviously, I think everybody should get a vaccine. It's smart. Uh, we've seen that it doesn't jack you up. Um, we know more. Like I know more about that vaccine than I ever knew about the flu shot, and I took the flu shot a couple <clears throat> times. So, right." You know, so what's the real concern? Uh, you know, he says, look, I tell people to stop doing heroin all the time. I tell people to stop drinking like an alcoholic all the time. They don't listen to me. So if anybody doesn't want to take the vaccine, I can tell you what's smart. Or you can go ahead and not do it. And then I'll see you later in my ER. And there's more business for me. So, you know, whatever you want to do, I, I can't fix you. I can't help you uh, do what's smart for you. But, you know, I certainly feel like you have the freedom to do what you want. So that was his his take on it. And I found that so interesting from a guy that's in the hospital that's seeing people that get into trouble. Right. So COVID, obviously we, we know people that got their ass kicked by COVID. Right. Of course. So, uh, even if it, even if it doesn't kill you, I'm going to try to avoid getting my butt kicked that hard. For me, I look at the, like the numbers, if, um, the first, um, on the first shot or the fir first, first two shots, if you didn't take it, um, you would have a between one to 7% chance of death. Uh, in other countries, it has high as 7%. In America, I think it was about 1%. If you take the two shots, it brings it down to, instead of, instead of one out of 100 that you might die from COVID, <clears throat> it's like one out of a million. So then with the Delta variant coming in, uh, I actually don't know the numbers on that. Um, but even if, if, if it, Brings the numbers where it's say even someone that takes the uh, the booster shot and they get sick from it and they die. I think it's still I, I hear something one out of a million also. So yes. say two say two yeah. out of a million. <clears throat> so I'd rather take those chances than not get vaccinated or a booster. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I I had a spreadsheet that I'm actually looking for right now. That oh, I, I no I it wasn't a spreadsheet. It was, it was a website that I saw. Oh. And it was the um, it was the numbers of people that were vaccinated mm. that got COVID compared to the people that were not vaccinated and got COVID. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, I find it. I, thought, I, I think Sketchy it. popped up a uh, a stat. He whatever. did. He did. He 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 popped. Oh, sorry, sorry, Zach. Yeah, you see, I have controls of everything. Also, ah, so Zach the producer in the background. <laughs> 
So <laughs> when you see stuff happen like that, that's because <laughs> I jumped on it and then he also jumped on it. So it's it's drivers the, on the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm just it's, chilling as a passenger. Guys. No, it's Carlos, yeah, Carlos rides as a passenger. <laughs> it's yeah. so driver. sketchy. Goes the FDA is. <laughs> I can't even read it right. <laughs> All right, so the FDA is aiming to give full pro- approval of Pfizer's COVID vaccine on Monday. Remember, science is real. Less than one percent of hospitalization for COVID next COVID nineteen are vaccinated. Ninety nine percent are unvaccinated, and he's right. Mm-hmm. You know, another I'm- statistic <clears throat> that I've heard from doctors is that uh, up to twenty percent lo- uh, are COVID long haulers, and that's another thing that the vaccine helps prevent long haulers. So, I so I have a broken ankle from a car accident. Someone ran a they ran their yellow light and hit me and it smashed my ankle and I have a broken left ankle now and it fucking sucks. So I, I have my first world problem or complaint uh, at times. I tell Emma, it's like, hey, if I somehow get COVID and I'm a long hauler and it's a permanent long haul, just let me go. Kill me. Like, I don't like disabilities, man. <laughs> fucking disabilities suck. too harsh. <laughs> like having a, a, a bum ankle really <clears throat> sucks. If I have like a jeopardized lungs or, or liver or whatever after COVID, just let me go. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's depressing, bro. <laughs> Jesus. So I'm so I'm definitely taking the vaccine. <laughs> Give me yeah, all the yeah, boosters. Yeah. So, all right, but you know what? We're all good with taking the vaccine. Um yeah. now going back to what you were describing in Vietnam, on a theoretical level or at least an ideological level, how do you feel about it being forced? Uh man, there's a there I would say from a a morality sense that I like to think of every action that I do, I like to make sure I'm not impeding anyone else's rights or their personal space or even just <clears throat> anything negative to them, even time or money. I, that's, right. I mean, I spend too much time thinking about that. So from a morality standpoint, I think a government, if they can, I think there's enough evidence for them to say that if we vaccinate everyone in the country, it is better for everyone else. So from, from a moral perspective, that's what I would say. I understand people's other argument where they say, well, the, my freedom is to say that I don't want to get vaccinated. But yeah. for the better of people as a government, if the government is for the people, choose the decision that's for the people. Yeah, I mean, we're already so forced- hold on. Your, your, your key word there is still choice. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're already forced to do things like... Um, not set forest fires. We're forced to not drive faster than 75 miles an hour in most cases. We're forced to wear our seatbelts. Those are all safety things. And the, the tricky thing with COVID is that it, it does spread to other people. Obviously, we see that it spreads to other people. So if you choose to accept the risk of COVID, that's fine. But what sucks is that now you become a spreader to other people. And that's the hard part from a government standpoint, I think is that it's your body and your choice, but now you're also choosing for the people you come in contact with. So the minute you jump on that airplane, you know, you're in a tin can with all these people and we can see just by how quickly it spreads. Clearly it's traveling by air as well, right? You jump on an airplane, we're spreading COVID to other cities. So cool. Oh, easy. Easy. Yeah. I mean, just to go against Laura, just because I, I want to go against Laura today. <laughs> hey, hey, Laura, you know what? We're we going to force you We're going to force everybody. We're going to force everybody. Somebody, somebody has to go against Laura. Damn I like Laura's it. picture. She looks like a sassy, good looking woman here. She's ready. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she's ready. She's, she's ready to force everybody to get country. vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
man. Hey, Laura, that's yeah. like, you know what? I And I... No, you know what? I'm not even going to go. I'm, not gonna go. I'm <laughs> vaccinated, but I don't agree with forcing anyone. Hey, you know yeah. what? No, you got to force everyone to get vaccinated. You got to force everyone to take their guns away. You got to do all that, Laura. Ha! It's, it's a weird thing. I would I would actually more <laughs> agree with Laura about two years ago because I felt that humans would actually make the the right choice and think about others. <clears throat> and seeing that America's at, I think, a 51% vaccination rate, that... It, I don't know what to think. I feel like it's hurting us as a nation. Where it's, you know I, what I blame? I'm going to tell blame, you what I, my problem is. Right after Carlos. Okay. <laughs> don't I, take no, too no. long. I, honestly, I think that phenomenon has occurred because of politicians. When this problem began and the vaccine was being touted, because of who was touting it, we were receiving negative messages from the get-go. From the get-go, we were told, no, nah, I'm not taking it unless he takes it first. I don't trust mm -hmm. it. I think he needs to try it. So we were all we were basically introduced to this vaccine with doubt. And yeah. so it's of undermined. course you're gonna have people like all sorts of sarcasm going on now with like, I don't think so. And that's that's how it's been from the beginning. Okay. Had yeah. the message been take it so we can all get better, and had that been a unifying message, I'm sure the percentage of vaccinated Americans would be a lot higher. But they okay. took a crap on it from day one. They took a crap on it. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you what. I, as a matter of fact, I had this conversation with my sister yesterday or the day before. It's COVID-19, right? Okay. Do we know why it's 19? Because there's 18 other COVIDs. Exactly. Now, <laughs> do you know how many years they've been working on subtype of vaccine for COVID? Oh, mm. uh, probably. They've been going. <clears throat> they've been going at it for about twenty years. Well, that almost. goes back to what Emmett said at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> Is this all? No, about? you're right. You're right. <laughs> so they they've had you know they've been working vaccines and obviously <clears throat> there's been different strands to come out one or the other to to where it got to where it's at now. All right. Mm -hmm. So, given the fact that they've had already many, many years of research with it, okay, <clears throat> yes, you got different variants, and they, and they've expanded on it. They, they've gone off, off of it. So, that being said, why not take it at this point? We're not looking at a vaccine that was developed in six months or a year. It was mm -hmm. tweaked. We're looking at it being tweaked within a year, and mm -hmm. I could live with that. Yeah, you know now. My other problem with the whole vaccinating Americans, okay, is that if everybody were to say, okay, I'm going to live the honest life, <clears throat> meaning what? They said, if you're not vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask. But since we cannot sit here and, and ask people, you know, hey, have you been vaccinated? No. Okay. You can be serviced. Guess what? You have all these people that walk around that are not vaccinated, not wearing a mask. So yeah, that's yeah. why I'm for Laura on here put no vaccine passports. No, that's why I will want a vaccine passport. Because you know what? At the end of the day, I want to know that if you come to my house or you, we're going to go out <laughs> to dinner for whatever reason or one or the other, that you know what? You've been vaccinated. Mm. So then I'm not putting myself at risk. Yeah, we, we see a special uh, case of 
how things spread in Las Vegas. So we're, we're Vegas based, right? So Vegas <laughs> is a place for tourism and with international travel being shut off, a lot of people come to Vegas still. So we have seen throughout these last two years that there are times when, when people start coming to Vegas and then numbers go up, right? You see a very strong correlation of the riskiest people because anybody who's scared or concerned about it isn't going to jump on a plane and go to Vegas. Right. So these, these are mentally gamblers, right? They're like, I want to gamble. I want to gamble with my life. I want to gamble with my money. I want to, I want to <laughs> risk it all. Right. So mm-hmm. the, you get this interesting case where at one point the Vegas strip was the, the, I forget what you call it. The, like the, Epicenter. the contact, Epicenter. yeah, the contact yeah. tracing, right? If you contact trace back, where did everybody get sick? Oh, well, everybody that went to Vegas, look yeah, at that. Vegas. Right. So, I mean, Vegas is awesome. It's a fun place, but when you have a lot of people making a, a choice to be contagious, you can see <laughs> how that affects not just Las Vegas, but the whole world, right? The, the rest of the U.S., you know, because after you're done partying, what do you do? You go back home to Connecticut and, and you know. Florida. You, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're the outcasts in this network. We're, we're in Florida. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'd, I'd rather be in Florida than Connecticut. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> you guys got great uh, trucks down there. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely, the jeeps are great too. <laughs> yeah, they are. Especially, especially when you start throwing them in the mud. Yeah, mm. I mean, the other thing I would say is, uh, hey, look, if any of us got sick, right? You start getting COVID symptoms, you get jacked up. You're like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. What are you going to do? You're going to run to the hospital, right? Did, where else do you run? You ain't running to church. You ain't running to the uh, city hall. You ain't running to your politician. You ain't running to anywhere else. You run into the hospital, right? So obviously we trust these doctors and nurses to be our best chance and not dying. So right. if, if most of the doctors we know and the medical scientists and that whole industry and profession says, hey, it's pretty smart to take this vaccine, why do we not believe them when they're telling us this message? But if shit hits the fan, then I run there. I think it's crazy to watch interviews with people on ventilators when the doctors and nurses say, hey, once you're done, go get the vaccine. You have COVID now. When you're rid of all the symptoms, go get the vaccine. And these people are saying, no, I don't believe in the vaccine. It's like, dude, you're on a ventilator in the hospital <laughs> being helped by this nurse and this doctor with all this technology. And you're choosing that you won't want a vaccine afterwards. Would you still well, get a vaccine though if you already have the antibodies? Oh, uh, uh, you got to wait three months. That's uh, in oh. order to get the vaccine after you've had COVID, you got to mm-hmm. wait ninety days. And then, because then, <clears throat> I guess maybe my counter argument or a thought on what Carlos is saying, because then also with Delta variant and then Lambda coming out now, so I think I think we're the gonna vac- run through the Greek alphabet on COVID. Yeah, yeah. Soon we'll be at uh, zebra. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that illustrates that it's hard to have half measures, and that you need some way to total stop it. You know, like like the Vietnam Vietnam government is saying, "Hey, we ain't got vaccines, so we're just going to lock everybody down with guns." Right. So they said, "We got no other options. We we can't give everybody vaccines, it, so we're going to lock you in so your house." Sounds so horrible, though, and that's exactly why you have people saying no to the passports because of what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> but well, what's the other option, right? Watch everybody die on ventilators. I mean. I mean, you know, I, I, I get the concern and I understand yeah. it, but uh, people do have a right to die, don't they? I mean, if that's what they want to try to do. I, I, there's two sides to that argument always. Number one yeah. is, you know, you're, you're, you're probably going to help spread. And then the other one is what you just said. I mean, people are going to, 
But that part of it, they have that right. If that's what they want to try, and you know, that so be it. So yeah. I mean, you have a case where you want to try to control it, and then you're afraid of V for Vendetta, <laughs> which is yeah. what that movie was about, right? The whole yeah. government taking over because of a virus. So <laughs> yeah, I can well, understand so the concerns. I have another point too: is a lot of people who uh, think they have a great opinion about it, or have a reason to, you know, they watch something on YouTube and they got some some good reason to not do it. I think what they need to do is step back and look like, hey, was I the one that did really well in chemistry in high school? Did I do really good in biology and statistics? Was I was I the smartest kid in the class on those things? Or was I the, you know, the jerk off that was worried about <laughs> playing football or whatever, right? So if you're not the smart kid in the class, you know, don't don't think you got it figured out. Like look to look for who's the smartest person you know and go ask the smart person, right? I mean, I'm happy to consult experts on on lots of things like medical stuff. You know, if I, if it's something I don't know, if I need a lawyer, I'll go get a lawyer, right? So whoever's got the expertise in that field, that's you got to find a way to tap into their knowledge. Um, the only issue I have with what you just said is, in this case, the smartest person in the class may have had a hand in why we're in this mess in the first place. <laughs> yeah, Trump. Yeah. No. <laughs> how did you Jeez. even get there? <laughs> the smartest guy. Holy hell! How did you even get there? I don't know. Just, just, to, just to get a rise out of Laurel today. You know, I thought it is. Hey, look. You know what happened? I mean, we, you know what we've happened? Seen, we've seen the the we've seen the emails and the whole argument with Fauci. To say that he may have had a hand, may have had a hand in this, even if it's indirectly. I mean, we talk about the smartest kid. Then you have to start questioning some of the other things you brought up earlier. Is there a benefit to Fauci, or a benefit for Fauci, or the organizations involved in some of what happened? I mean, we're not going to get the. We're not going to. No one's going to completely uncover that. But from what we've seen, we have reason to scratch heads. So, mm. yeah, I think you know, as. As the government, the people, uh, when earlier when Emmett said the Damn, government, but Laura, is, hold on, that's that's huge. That that's a big leap, even for me. <laughs> and then you wonder why I come down I on Laura. Laura huh? that's a <laughs> now again, though, he may have had he may have had a hand in it, though. There's enough communication to where he was interested in it, asking questions about it. So it's not to say he didn't know about it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm sorry, you were saying. You were saying uh, I kind of forget. I, th I think it's just that the government is so so many big so many big pieces and connecting kind of like the military industrial complex. There's not I don't know if there's one for the medical side, but but ultimately we see that greed and money runs runs America. And so all these agendas from senators, uh, presidents, all that Fauci, too. I mean, I, I think that could play a role. And this into is why I advocate for small government. What you're you, what you're describing is one of America's biggest problems, which is nebulous government. When yeah, you have when you have all these massive administrations and then they just keep piling up new ones. Oh, look, now I'm creating the division of X, Y, Z who's going to be in charge of ABC. Who yeah. are they? How big are they? And where are they? No, they're there. And yeah. then you just more and more and before you know it, there are four branches of government. We just don't know what the fourth one looks like, but it's <laughs> it's all over the place and they're making rules. They're making yeah. rules and making decisions and spending our money. That's one of the biggest problems we have. So, yeah, that's why naturally I'm a massive proponent for shrinking the government. And, you know, I get yeah. flack for it, but whatever. <laughs> hey, you know, I, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Last, no, I just want to say real just real quick, I want to say I appreciate uh, Laura's uh, comments because she obviously seems like a person 
who has not the same views, but a lot of times she cares about people. You can see from her her statements that her concerns are are for people. So That's I true. think it's it's cool to have her voice. Laura's well. a firebrand. She comes no, in listen, here, yeah. large Look. tank of gasoline, dumps it, sets the fucking <laughs> door. Yeah, That's what she we does have to had. <laughs> We've had Laura blowing up our comments. I mean, today she's done it. She's done it before. And there's been times where we said, Laura, you know what? Here's the link. Get on the show. Just like that. <laughs> and she'll come on. She'll come on and she'll start talking. And, you know, yeah. and we have a good time. I mean, look, I might not see eye to eye with Laura because I don't. They don't. You know, yeah. but I, I do. I do. I do respect her opinion. I do listen to what she has to say. I might just jab at her every now and then, but it's nothing personal, nothing. It's yeah. it's it's an off fun and games, you know. And that's yeah. what. And that's the that's premise who, of the show, right? Yeah. That's how this show got started. You know, was Carlos and I going back and forth? You know, we, that's what that's, we used to say. We're going to teach America how to talk. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And, and yeah. I said that's actually sad when you hear it out loud, but it's the truth. <laughs> Yeah, we need to I teach America how to talk. So you know, we've reached this part of the show now, right? Where we did all our talking. We've asked you guys questions, right? So now we're gonna go into a different part of the show where we're gonna have you guys ask us. Awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> normally, so the <laughs> talks with Lim Lee, our, our podcast is uh, really about usually about people's uh, careers their hobbies and the journeys that lead up all to that. Um, typically it's a three hour session. So then we go on a lot of tangents, but uh, um, I think the Cuban thing uh, is that it's an interesting topic and, and actually Carlos and you asking about the Vietnamese culture. So then um, on your Cuban side, what are culturally, what, what family uh, traditions do you carry or do you see? And then how has it changed? Do you really like mojitos or is that a fake thing? <laughs> Guajitos or what? No, mojitos. Do you really like mojitos oh, or is that? You know, I'm not much a of a drinker. So I don't drink too many mojitos, to be honest <laughs> okay. with you. But but the food, if, I don't know if there's any if there's any Cuban establishments in Vegas where you can eat. But if, yeah. if not, you need to get come down to Miami, just sit in a few of them, go back and burn off the 10 pounds you're going to gain. <laughs> um, there's, so, there's a couple of good uh, couple of good Cuban restaurants in, um, in Vegas. Vegas? Oh, yeah. Right. We have right. do we do have Cubans that come from uh, Florida over to Vegas a lot, oh, and uh, right. I actually helped uh, a couple of friends buy a house, well, condo, um, back in February, and oh, they took good. me out to a Cuban restaurant after nice. after we completed the deal, and so nice. it's great great to taste that bit of culture and see that little bit of Cubano. Yeah, man, it's bad, it's bad. It's like a cruise. When I know I'm going down to Miami, I'm like, I can't <laughs> two days because I know it's going to happen when I go down there. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But as far as the culture, I mean, it, it's interesting. Uh, naturally, because of the experiences that they have been through, mm. they tend to be conservative and they get scolded for it now. It's like, I know during the last election, Cubans were being like scolded and called crazy. And I'm like, no, no. If you understand where they came from, you, you wouldn't say such stupid things. Mm. Um, so they tend to be conservative and and uh, and that's fine. My mom was was very democratic until Trump showed up. For her, it was like an uh, like an awakening. She's like, I've seen what they've been doing to me for the last thirty years, and I'm tired of it. Mm. I'm like, good, <laughs> yeah, good. But overall, uh, we're hot headed, we're loud, mm. and uh, and uh, talk. 
they talk a mile a minute. We all talk a mile a minute. We're all like always in a hurry with our mouths. <laughs> um, I tell you what, though, every Cuban definitely appreciates this nation because of the stories we've heard. I mean, I was told one story like, um, basically, I mean, I, I'll kind of summarize it, but it got down to the fact that my grandfather helped somebody, helped, mm. uh, uh, helped a little girl. She was sick or she was choking or something. He was a doctor. Mm. The next day, the military knocks on their house and they do their 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 search. They they're they're checking all items. Mm. They literally would keep inventory of everything you had down to the last fork. Mm. And I think one of the forks was missing, and they were all going to get in trouble. The head sergeant, I guess, in that little group that showed up, though, recognized my grandfather and remembered what he did, mm-hmm. and somehow basically made it seem like you know what don't sweat it we'll move on to the next one just make sure you find it find whatever it is you're missing and they left i mean this is the kind of crap they were dealing with down there yeah and so you know naturally when you talk to cubans especially about like second amendment and stuff like that yeah they don't they don't they don't they don't like to toy with that (laughs) Mm, (laughs) because they understand the consequences of what happens when you remove them Mm um so that's basically like from my angle, uh, you know, the Cuban perspective, I was born in Jersey. I've lived in Miami and Florida most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm truly grateful for it. I've learned from those stories, and that's pretty much how it's shaped the majority of my my political leanings. Uh, fiscally, I'm, I'm conservative. Socially, I'm much more liberal than people think. <laughs> can, can, you explain, to- can you explain that inventory a little more? Like, is it just the government has issued you a house and your stuff, and we want to make sure... Well, I think, I, yeah, the, like, I think the, the, the premise of it is, 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 uh, you know, you're, you're going to have what you're going to have. They mm-hmm. just want to make sure you're not making any money and not reporting it. So oh, like you're, it, not, it, you're not getting rich without us kind of. Right, right, okay. right. So if you're selling some of your items, they, they want to make sure, all right, where'd it go? And you know, how did you get rid of it? It, it, mm. it got that bad. It got that bad yeah. from what I was told. And so, and I mean, we heard other stories. I don't know if you've heard some of our shows the last few weeks of um of uh this the same thing like you were talking about in vietnam the information at school how wonderful mm-hmm. fidel is just you know complete brainwashing and mm-hmm. and it's a, it's sad again what's worse over there is that the government runs the entire show I, I you know in vietnam at least there's some semblance of capitalism yeah it doesn't appear that that's the case in cuba like i think one of the guys on our show said that um Cab drivers make more money than doctors. The government's mm. regulating the pay, so how is that even mm. possible? But Weird. apparently it is. Tips. Tips. Yeah, tips. <laughs> so it's a mess down there. It's a mess down there. And, yeah, you know, as as you saw from the last few weeks, yeah, uh, they were beginning to revolt. And, unfortunately, I told Frank, I said, Frank, it's, it's, it's that happen? such a tall mountain to climb when an unarmed populace has to fight First, you got to fight the people in the population who support the government. There's mm-hmm. at least half of them. Misery mm-hmm. loves company. If you're poor enough and you're getting crumbs from the government and those crumbs yeah. are better than what you had, you support your government. Yeah, so or, you or if your that. relative position is good in that system, <clears throat> right. you want to risk your yeah. good position. And then you've got to deal with the police. Then you have to deal with the military, and they're the only ones firing bullets. Mm. It's, it's, I mean... The revolution in Cuba is gonna is gonna require an insane amount of bloodshed, and 
I just don't know if there's enough people to do it. And mm-hmm. and and proof, truth be told, Frank, how's the news on SOS Cuba? Of who? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it's quiet. It's gone. I, I mean, I don't. I know mean, what... it's not. It's not completely gone. I mean, what you, what you really see out here is more of the, of the Cuban population that's here. You know, they're right. the ones that are still trying to. I, I, I don't know what's movement. going on in the homeland. I mean, um, I haven't seen much news on it. You know, the temperatures cooled off, so, I'm and and I'm not sure if well, it's because if it's because something's brewing or the odds of this this kind of thing happening are being realized and it's cooling off. I don't know. I but, think it's more of it's just mm-hmm. it's cooled off a bit that the people in Cuba are still anxious still trying to fight against the government yes i mean i throughout the whole cuba thing i put myself in a bunch of these cuban uh groups Mm. you know so i see a lot of news and there's a lot of stuff that comes in on the facebook feed from people actually live in cuba i mean the other about a week or two ago you saw late you know you all you heard it, it was pitch black Mm. Okay, and all you heard was a ding, 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 ding. Like she was knocking on a on like a pot or pan, you know, with like a spoon or something. Yeah, you know, you heard that. Then you heard another one in the background. You know, you started hearing two. You hear three, but I haven't really heard a lot of it. Now, do I think this movement is a lot more of the Cuban people that are here in the states? Because I'm not sure if you guys had any SOS Cuban rallies in Las Vegas or not. I haven't you know, seen anything, yeah. Right. I know, like, and we had a guy that's up in Canada that he was on our show talking about it also. Mm-hmm. And his daughter, I follow his daughter on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And she, um, I, they had the rallies in, in Canada. I think they're in Vancouver, if I remember correctly, or something like that. Was it Vancouver you know, or Toronto? One or the other. No, the one that's the one the one that's three hours different from us. I think it's Vancouver. Oh, that's Vancouver then. Okay. Yeah. You know. So, you know, it's one of those things where all the Cubans that are out of Cuba want, you know, want the change and will fight more for the change here. Mm. But fighting for the change here, I don't think we're doing much anyways. I mean, I know that there was two radio personalities mm. from Miami. That were in Washington for like a week. Yeah. What changed? Yeah, I think that's hard because any activism you do here in the states isn't going to change. You know, the poor guy in Cuba who's going to get a gun <clears throat> gun pointed at his head. Right. You know, that's a whole different game. Yeah. When you're when you're there in the in the bucket. Correct. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, it's sad, but that's the reality of it. I mean, unless you 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 steal a few a uh, few bombers, pack them up with guns, just fire every Cuban, just drop them, and watch what happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> arm the people. <laughs> Arming the people. Wow, what a concept. <laughs> Carlos, so, have you uh, have you been to Cuba? Have you visited? Nah, sadly, I have not. Frank uh, said I he think- was. Frank says he's been there. I have yet to go. My mom talks about going back, but I don't know if she's going to make it. Um, Not right now? No, nah, I don't know. I mean, I'll yeah. see what it takes to go. I just haven't had a chance to go. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, if I go, I'm going to go with my mom. She's the one that's going to want to definitely at least see it one more time. Yeah. Uh, time's running out, though, so. That's tough. Um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But. I mean, I went when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So many, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. And even when I went, they still had the. Um, they shut power off on the island, you know, for, mm. for a good. Yeah, they're running power outs, you know, for mm. a good majority of the time. Mm. You know, I I would tell you that the experience of me going over there as a as a teenager mm. humbled me. Because you know what? We're here and we'll get whatever the hell we want. Yeah. You know, I R- saw run, run my blender whenever I want with my smoothie. <laughs> exactly. It was funny because I saw a younger cousin of mine wearing my clothes mm-hmm. that my mom was sent. And we're talking about clothes that was like, it was a pass me down to me from my brother. And then yeah. it was passed on to them. You know, and I was like, wow. Interesting. Yeah. I remember, you know, the one thing that's, that just was clearly on my mind is was a Jordash belt. And it wasn't even like the belt's not where you just strap. It was a clip. Yeah. You know, I was like, holy damn, that this is where that belt went. All mm. right. You know, so it, it humbled me in the sense where I was like, all right, here, keep all my stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think in two generations in Vietnam, kind of, that that's what used to happen back in probably the 80s when families would, in America, if they had some clothes, they could ship it back to their family in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But when I go back there now, like when 2018, when I bought some Adidas backpacks, uh, I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. I could buy a backpack that's, uh, it was only like, I think $30 and give it to them over there. I, I bought it at Marshalls and Ross because I'm a cheap ass motherfucker. <laughs> so hey, don't worry about it. So, so am I, dude. So I, I go over there and bring it to them. And guess what? They're like, oh, this is not the latest version, latest uh, edition. I'm like, what? What the <laughs> hell? You guys are like all picked picky like what the heck's happening i don't want your old ass <laughs> yeah man seriously all, all in two generations it's just crazy how it's yeah. the, the big jump that jump has See, happened. now that's a testament to capitalism though i mean the, you know the vietnamese structure i still don't think i'd be i'd jive with it because i would hate to have someone over my, over my head like that all the time but just that little bit of capitalism has done that much change in vietnam that's why i tell anybody to those of you who complain about capitalism, it ain't the perfect system, but STFU, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think there's a quote. I have it's no the, idea. It's the, it's the worst possible system except every other one. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a, an, a story from um, 2010 when I was, was it? Two, yeah, two, no, I think actually, I think this was two, the, uh, yeah, 2010. I think it doesn't matter the year. But so I was sitting down with my cousins in Vietnam. I was asking them, hey, what do you guys think about the Vietnamese government? What do you think about the U.S. government? To me, it didn't it, it didn't occur to me what was about to happen. I, I, I didn't know not to ask the questions. But then I saw my cousins They looked around the coffee shop and they said they're like, oh, I don't know if we should be talking about this. Yeah, yeah that's the and first it, sign right there. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it dawned on me like, oh, this, we're in a, in a government <laughs> where we can't freely talk about yeah shut up dumbass yeah <laughs> so that that subtlety i mean it it's not it, it may not be i don't know how to say it it may not be right in your face and it may not impact nearly 
90% of the stuff you do, 95 maybe, but that that little percent, maybe I don't know if it's 5%, 1%, when you talk about something, do something, you got to be cognizant or you got to think that does it affect the government? It's like a hovering control. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I got a question for Frank. Frank, who's, who is Kim? Because uh, I think her last comment was, hey, your show's cool, but I'm a partying right now, so bye. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Kimberly Chapman, she's actually, she's one of the uh, podcasters on our on our network with uh, Clovercrest Media. Okay. She has... Um, she has some kind of avocado party. Yeah, yeah, she's, she, she's a character. We've had her here a couple times on the show. She's awesome. I'll tell you what. If you no, no, she is. She game, is. If you ever have a day when you don't have anything to talk about or you've drawn blanks, call Kimmy. Just call Kimmy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She will get you to talk about everything. She will cover for you. I mean, she'll just like, you're going to be like, holy cow, we got to talk about this? You're like, yep, let's do it. And she'll just. (laughs) Just be careful. Just be careful when she says she's coming. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Just be careful with that one. Oh man, she you sounds know, fun. I, <laughs> I, have, I have to say that that was that was still our best show. Thank you very much. Yeah, she, um, I forgot what it was, and she just she ended her she end she ended she ended up. We were ending our show. I think she was trying to get on. Right. Yes. She, she she basically tried to tell us that she was coming on and misspelled yeah. it and we were reading it and we were like <laughs> <laughs> we will end the show on that note <laughs> i just said frank I, I don't think we need to say anything else <laughs> here i was i was just proud of myself for not making any pull-out jokes during the beginning of nah, our man. <laughs> oh i know right I, yeah I, when uh, she wrote that i saw that too i was thinking that yeah, I did. Did you not realize that when I said was I'm not sure who said pull out or if we read or not. I was like, oh, yeah, pulling out. You could do many different ways or something, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it was so. Laura. No, yeah. it was serious stuff. I can't be joking about the pull out. <laughs> so when do you guys when do you guys normally do your show? <clears throat> Uh, whenever we just schedule guests and then we so I do I, mine's not live. So we record oh, it. And right, then, right. And I so uh, do that. Why, why, why? I'm trying to understand your 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 dynamic or the issue. Why not live? What's the point? So for one oh. one reason, as uh, I notice, a lot of guests seem to be apprehensive because they're afraid of saying something that they regret. So one of the things that I do is I tell them, like the almost the first thing I tell them is this is uh, this is recorded and will be edited. You could remove anything you want if you say right. you. If you want to kill babies all day long and you happen to say that and you want to remove it, I actually joke with them. I said, go ahead and say it. I'll probably report it to the cops, but you can request to have it removed later. I would love to see one of their spreadsheets, Frank. What the hell? Right. So, so if, Kim, if Kim came all over your show, you could, you could edit that out. I wouldn't edit it out, though. No, you don't want to, want to expose people to that. Are you kidding That's me? Terrible. That's a great promotion. We can cut that out. We're trying to free Cuba right now, and you guys got people doing all this crazy sex stuff. Effort, yeah, I, effortless, mind you, it's still G-rated. <laughs> I agree with Laura. <laughs> <laughs> man oh, look. Oh, no, get that. that's actually that's actually not a bad thing especially in today's environment where you can't be human it which which sucks like yeah i've actually yeah, uh, right, some... that, that came out the wrong way sorry i meant no 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 so i'll try to i'll try to, I'll try to mention 
try to mention two stories uh, that uh, without releasing their names, there was one person that mentioned how much their over, um, how much they uh, re, how much they charge for their services for their business, and it was like, oh man, I don't want to give away who it was, but it was prostitute. It was just he was upselling his oh, his services no. his. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, I don't even want to say that. You could just leave it as services. We got it. Okay. <laughs> it's not even. The, it's <laughs> legit it. service. It's it's legit it. services. What in Vegas uh, is legit. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, that's an assumption. We still don't know the service. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> All right, I'll just shut up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Lim was thinking he's undercharged, right? He was he was letting the world know that he's undercharging. And Lim said, "Hey, man, you could probably get more money for that if you know you could bump your price up and still be competitive, and still okay. be lower than everybody else, and everybody wins." So he helped him edit that so he's not cutting out, undercutting himself. Gotcha. In that way, gotcha. yeah. yeah, exactly. Good enough, good enough. See, we got so, you, we got you. <laughs> yeah. I, I know another thing. Yeah, I know another thing. Lim is shooting for is that if you do long conversations, if you do a three-hour conversation or something like that, then you have the time to fully explain your view right you could you could tell us anything you want about cuba and we have the time to to get into it in depth whereas right. a lot of what people are seeing is very short news clips or short uh you know stuff on their phone and and you get one piece of it and maybe that's not a great view but if the guest has a wealth of stories and information and knowledge they want to share then you have the time to fully get that whole picture you know, painted in color. Like, for example, if you if we asked something about Cuba and then you said, yeah, what they're doing in Cuba isn't good, but say the show was 15 minutes or 30 minutes, you couldn't go into depth of saying that. So on my show, you could actually go into depth. what they're doing is whether it's the government or the economy, this and that. And for people to know it's not the commoner's fault, like to say that you, you know, people are still good people, but the, it's somewhere the corruption above that's causing it. So I think a three-hour show, you really get to get into that. You know, Frank, I, I gotta say that's that's very liberating. I know we do what we do live, <clears throat> but it's liberating to be able to do this, say exactly what you want to say, mm. and then know that again, if if something was misinterpreted or misworded, because right. we're still human, but you, yeah. you, you know the people interviewing that's, you back. Right. I mean, but you see, I I'm one that regardless whether I'm live or whether I'm being pre-recorded, I'm going to watch my mouth mm -hmm. because you know what? And not that you guys would do this because <laughs> I think, no, I mean, I think we've gotten to know each other decently well to know that we're decent human beings. Wait, you're not you killing know? babies all the time? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm providing a service. I'm providing a service. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> so, so you know, it's one of those where you can't always trust a person a hundred percent on the other side of the screen. Mm. And even when we have guests that I haven't pre-screened, because there's, there's a lot of times where I haven't had time to talk to this individual. You know, I've gone back and forth with text. If I get a good mm -hmm. gut feeling, hey, let's go. I, I get an eh, iffy feeling, okay, fine. And I tell Zach, okay, I say, hey, look, if this guy goes bonkers life, kick him out immediately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eject. You know, yo, for sure. <laughs> you know, I, it doesn't matter. I mean, I actually, yeah. I was going to, I had, Have we I had, had one of those yet? No, right? I don't think we even No, but we were this freaking close. Uh -oh. <laughs> to having one of those, I um had a guy that I 
met just like like you guys in one of these podcast chat rooms mm. or groups. That sounds you so know. shady, right? I met these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I provide services too. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> They were there in the room, and I noticed and the, <laughs> And this guy, you know, we're going back and forth. Oh, yeah, I do music. I do this. I was like, hey, cool. You know what? Let's bring you on the show. Yeah, sure, yeah. fine. And then I'm like, later on the week, I'll send you the link. You might get it the day of the show. You might get it the day before the show. You might get it a couple hours before the show, depending on what's going on. I, yeah. You know, he was like, he was like okay, well, I, I conversed with him on Saturday. Mm. Come Sun, no, so what was it? Show was on Wednesday. I think it was on Monday. Hey, are you going to send me the link? And I'm like, hey, listen, I haven't gotten around to it. I'll get it to you. Don't worry about it, but we're mm. on for sure. Okay, no problem. Tuesday, I get a book from this, fuck, from this freaking guy. <laughs> what the hell? You're standing me up. What kind of show? I can't believe this. You're just checking me around. I'm like, no bueno. I was like, well, buddy, no bueno. uh, have a good day. Block. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that didn't work Wednesday, out. Wednesday, he was knocking no, no, on no, the no, window. No. I don't know how he got here. <laughs> Yo, that would be crazy, right? <laughs> hey Frank, I got to give you a, a compliment uh, on our last, our, our first podcast with you. We talked about freight forwarding a little bit, uh-huh. and uh, my my girlfriend's dad uh, was really interested. <laughs> and he was like, "I watched the whole freight forwarding thing. I was really coming <laughs> to learn all about." Because <laughs> that's great. Yeah, apparently he's into sailboats, and uh, he sold his boat to a guy in Amsterdam, and he was a uh-huh. little bit involved with the shipping arrangements, <clears throat> and so he was fascinated by the whole world oh, of man, moving things around yeah it listen that is a world that never stops yeah you know it's just even through this whole covid pandemic you've seen the numbers rise it's like Trucks right rolling yeah but like right now it's like i'm shipping a lot of stuff out of the country mm. and bookings with airlines are a week away mm. like right now if i have something that i want to send out yeah. To leave tomorrow. Yeah. It's not going to happen unless you're paying express rates and you're looking at a super right. high amount of money. Well, well, I think what a lot of uh, regular people don't know is so if you if you get a ticket to fly on an airplane to buy your seat underneath the cargo space, like Frank can have stuff shipped in the cargo space. And right. Is, Only, it, is, it, is that part uh, of the pressure of why they want us to carry on all our luggage? Because that's valuable space. Um, it is valuable space because, yeah. you know, they're selling that space and, mm. you know, it all goes into weight and balances. Mm. I mean, they, when you, when you're, when you're calculating the weight and balances on an airplane, you mm. calculate more or less about a hundred. What is, what was it per person? I want to say it was like 140 or hundred, somewhere between 140 to 180 kilos per person. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were gonna so say that, pounds. I'm like, man, Americans ain't that light. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no, clocking no. 195 myself. I talk kilos. Pretty basic. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then when you when you when you're doing that, and then you have, let's say, underneath the belly of the plane, depending on the plane. Yeah. Like, let me like this on a seven four seven. 
Yeah. Okay. On the belly of the plane, you could carry almost about 20,000 kilos. Okay. More or less. Yeah. This is now a Pablo uh, Escobar special. Go ahead. <laughs> of, of cargo. Well, I can't even say cargo because Pablo Escobar. Go figure. <laughs> so, you know, you could carry that. Yeah. So, you know, at in these other planes, whatnot, I mean, I'm not 100% familiar on what their tonnage is on it. Yeah. But I guarantee you it has to be somewhere between 10 to 15, 10 to 20. Mm. Okay, so that you could carry. Yeah. So that's a lot of weight. I mean, yeah. a 747, a 747 freighter plane could carry, <clears throat> I believe, about 120,000 kilos of cargo. Yeah, those are big planes. Okay, so, and even the passenger planes with passengers, you're looking, they could probably take about the same. So when you get all these passengers and you put them up to 180 kilos, more or less, 150, 180 kilos per person, plus mm. the luggage, okay, that's why they weigh your luggage. Mm. So the loadmaster that's loading the plane <clears throat> knows, oh, okay, I have 1,000 kilos of luggage. Okay, that's going to go on this part of the plane. So mm. the cargo's going to go on this part, and on this part, I got to separate, you know, what goes where and how to balance out the plane. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but yeah, I'm glad I, they, they yeah. enjoyed that That's show. A, I wanted We've you to know you had, at least, you had at least one freight fan out there. I wanted you to know. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I had, a, I had a question back to the Cuba thing. If uh, for both of you guys, uh, Frank and Carlos, if there's a young Cuban that just made it to America, What's a common misconception that they often have, or what advice would you give them? Oh, like Work. If, he's, if he's running <laughs> off, running off the boat and coming up the beach, and he's fresh in the U.S. Um, either that, or even if it's a legal immigration. It, either way, it's just I've okay. Let me let me give you my perspective. <clears throat> the reason why I ask this is I see a lot of Vietnamese come over here, and they might be anywhere from fourteen years old to twenty-two to thirty and forty. But because Vietnam is like China in its propaganda and teaching, they come over here with a lot of misconceptions that America is the bad guy. They, they actually come over thinking that America would have pillaged their country if America would have won the Vietnam War. So imagine coming to a country where you're only coming there because of the economy, but not the government. But their misconception is the government. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there is some of that. I think the difference, if there is a difference between some of the experiences you're describing and what we have here, is that we have documented cases of people like literally dying just to get to our shore. Mm -hmm. They'll build, they'll build contraptions from used car parts and whatever, just to try to make it on the water and touch the shore. So <clears throat> I'm wondering, I don't know naturally because I've never been there, but to what extent the people there know that. And if they know that, then they do come here with a sense that there's something worth it over here to like go through all that trouble. The yeah. other issue though, however, is from what I've heard from some of my friends is that like what you were saying, some of the younger people do come here knowing that the economy is better, but at the same time, they still have that mentality that the government should provide. Mm. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let me elaborate on that part with the young people that come out here. Okay? Yeah, because Frank started with work. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. What happens is this. You're in Cuba. You work. 
you don't make much money at all. Okay, and I'm and I'm talking about maybe eighteen dollars a week. Yeah, I think it was a number. Mm. Okay, or it might be even less. So what happens is Cubans out in the island they they have to steal to live. Mm. Okay, so what happens is they get here with the mentality of sort <clears throat> that. They also have to steal to work. I mean, to live. Mm. You know, some would do it from their job. Some would just be like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna steal just for the shit of it." Mm. You know. So you know, with that mentality, it's like, no, listen, you have to work. All right, you. This is what you're gonna get. The government might help you out for a little while. You know, but. You have to really go out there and you got to work for yourself. You're not going to get it for free out here. Because mm. over there, I mean, in Cuba, they don't get anything, really. But yeah. I'm sure if they could get their hands on anything for free, they're going to do it. I mean, mm. I think they get a little bit of food. That doesn't go a long way. Yeah. You know, so that's why my advice is work and understand the government of how we operate here if you don't. And if you don't like it, you know what? Look, there's a door. Don't let it hit you on the ass on the way out. You know, yeah. it's so my it's dad. <laughs> my dad had a friend that came from Cuba. The guy came legally. And he just looked at my dad and said, I'm going back. Mm. I'm struggling here. Yeah. I guess he was very well connected with the political party out there mm. and he wasn't struggling much over there. Yeah. So, you know what? See us. Yeah, I think to connect to that is uh, how, whether they might be comfortable there for their financial reasons or whatever situation. Um, I've seen some Vietnamese uh, that are probably, in, I think they're in their 40s and 50s, get their immigration papers and they're able to move to America. And I actually heard of one uh, one guy over there. It was, it was a neighbor uh, of my uncle. So I, I got a pretty good story from his sister. His sister said, yeah, the, the brother came to America in his 40s and 50s. I forget the exact age. And then he spent a couple years there and he said, no, nah, that's not the life for me. I'm going back to Vietnam. Because his life in Vietnam was pretty pretty good now. He's had enough financial, financial um, stability. He, he gets to hang out with his friends, sit at the coffee shop, whatever he does. And America's just not offering that for the amount of money that he has to work and make compared to what he has in Vietnam. So um, another another thing connected with that is also, I, I think, the biggest misconception thing that I kind of, or one of the biggest things that I get annoyed with in Vietnam is back in 1975 and 1965, it was very hard times, the war. And prior to that, the economy was real bad. Any Vietnamese that made it to America from then, <clears throat> they would send back, like my dad, he sends back uh, hundreds or hundreds of dollars back either every month or every few months. So now this, this culture, this tradition has happened. But I think my dad's time in 1980s in America, 1990s was pretty good where he was able to work <clears throat> a, a minimum wage job and get by. But nowadays, as I think all of us could probably agree with, health care, car insurance, price of cars, house costs, I, I think things are changing where when I look at the uh, a Vietnamese person, their their livelihood, their 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 um 
the way, their way of life, it's, it's a, a lot better now. And then when I compare it to mine and they're asking me to send hundreds and hundreds of dollars back to them, I'm like, well, I, I, I don't think it's the same equation nowadays. And mm. then I think I get called out kind of, I'm a jerk for that because I don't send back money. But I think when I look at their life nowadays, it's, it's pretty good. Or some of them, not all of them. Right. But you know what? I think there's a misconception. As they might see it as, hey, wait a minute. You're in America. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to be making a lot of money. Exactly. Okay. If they know you have a show, okay, mm-hmm. they probably think <laughs> you're Look at that studio. right. They probably, they probably, think, they, they probably think, you know, they probably think you're rich, that you're super popular. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I think that's where the misconception is. Now, number one, I don't send money to Cuba. My mom might. Mm. I don't. I they won't. Don't get it. They don't get it. The you know, no, depending on how you send the money, you know, because <laughs> yeah. if if you know this, if you know somebody that's going and you trust them well, yeah, then there's not a problem, you know, and they'll give it to the family that needs to go to. Mm. But the misconception is, is that we out here in the states live good, live comfortable, live great. We don't yeah. have a worry in the world, and we all have money. When in actuality, we don't. You know what? We have these shows. Okay. Do I get paid for doing my show? No, I don't. Do I have to pay, you know, someone to produce my show? Yes. But now that's my choosing. Oh, Can Zach's I produce? making all the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a crime, actually. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you know what? They do everything for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, like right now, Zach had to leave. I told Zach, hey, no problem. I get it. You know, we went uh, a little bit longer. And Zach is actually on vacation. Zach's okay. on vacation. So you know what? Hey, it's all right. <laughs> okay. But, you know, so at the end of the day, the show is really costing me money. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what people don't see or don't understand that are not here. Yeah, I think what you guys are uh, knocking on is that it's, it's hard to explain to people in other countries that we are struggling in the richest country in the U.S. I mean, in the world, right? We're we're in the richest place in the world, but somehow we're struggling, and there's no way to understand that that the the costs that get milked out of us in this capitalist system. That e- even if you're a smart, reasonable, if you just you know you buy a Corolla and you you don't spend too much, and you don't buy luxury goods, and you just need your health insurance, and it's still hard to get by for a lot of people, right? So some of us are lucky and some of us are not. And, and they can't imagine how you're in America. How can you be struggling? You know, how can you not have extra money that you right. can do? You could throw me money well, for free. And you want to know what's funny. You said something and I just laugh about being rich. Yeah. I, um, I want to say about three, four months ago, I had a friend of mine that came down from New York mm-hmm. with, with, with their family. And I, I, you know, I, I love their kids. I mean, I've seen them grow up. Yeah. And they, you know, the the youngest daughter jumped in the car with me because I met up with them at her father's house. And then we went to the hotel after that. So the youngest daughter jumps in the car. She's, she's what? She's 20 years old. Yeah. And she's like, 
oh, wow, you're rich. I'm like, what do you mean I'm rich? She goes, <laughs> she's like, you drive a Jeep. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not rich. Jeeps are expensive. Yeah. And it costs money, but I'm not rich by all means. Yeah, you're poor yeah. because of bad choices. <laughs> you know? so you know so but imagine that, that. <laughs> so you know i was told that by a 20 year old that lives here yeah so people from other countries especially you know cuba vietnam all these communist countries Mm -hmm. don't really understand the struggles we have. Mm -hmm. And they think it's all, oh, yeah, it's great. They live out there. They they got money. They're rich. And it's like you said, yeah. we're not. Well, no, it's crazy, man. I got to subscribe to Netflix, and then they want me to pay separately for the Disney Plus. And then Hulu is a different deal. But if I want to watch football stuff, I got to get the ESPN Plus. That's a different package. And it's you start adding these all up, it's a crazy amount of money. You know, I, yeah. Is that cable TV was cheaper. Uh, and that's really <laughs> it. That's it. It's like you have 17 streaming services and you're like, you know, I used to have like 40 channels with cable and I paid <laughs> less for all that garbage. than I <laughs> look, yeah. I'll tell you this. I have YouTube TV. Yeah. I got Netflix. I Two. Peacock. Three. Three. <laughs> Ring them up. <laughs> I think I actually I do have a Hulu. I do Four. have a Disney Plus, which I steal that Five. one from somebody. <laughs> you know, You're sharing accounts. I'm sharing. I'm sharing an account. Yes. You know, for that one. But when you look at it, and I've always been one where I'm like, okay, this is how much I was paying in cable. Now I look back at it, I'm like, I'm paying about the same. Yeah. What and, you, and all you have is five, five, five streaming networks. When you used to have like 45, 50 channels. Dude, I'm going to tell you exactly what I have. Cause I, <laughs> and it's funny because I probably pay for them and I don't even realize it. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I, I forgot. I got Prime, too. Six. I got HBO uh, yeah. Max. Seven. Oh, he's uh, his bills right now. Let's see. See, Frank's got a difficult life here, man. <laughs> you, know yeah. what? you know what? You know what we really lost? We lost Showtime, which used to Frank, show us. You're rich. Us. <laughs> we lost Showtime, which used to have like the uh, softcore porn at night. Oh, <laughs> no, that was Cinemax. Oh, Skinamax. No, Showtime, Showtime, yes. Showtime had the fuzzy lines after midnight, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's anybody watching the fuzzy lights? Anybody hold, on, hold on, hold on, Oh my God! <laughs> Wait, I saw something. <laughs> you, know? you, just, you just landed on a show with a bunch of old guys that were around before the internet. Sorry, <laughs> that popcorn silly. Is that really a popcorn silly up there? <laughs> hey, that's the struggle of the eighties. <laughs> Oh gosh. Oh lordy. <laughs> Sorry, wow. I think I, I think I just blew up our whole argument that <laughs> life is a struggle in the US. Yeah. No, no you completely we, we blew it. Good <laughs> it's difficult here, god damn it. <laughs> These cheeseburgers cost like seven bucks now. <laughs> uh, we're at hey, we're getting there, man. Every time I leave McDonald's, which is rare nowadays, but I see the total, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, oh, we're getting old. Ten dollars. We're, uh, we're getting old when we could start saying that about the prices on, on oh, everything. Like, listen, a number seven, a number seven, <laughs> which is just two cheeseburgers, fries, and a coke, large, is almost ten dollars. That's for real. Yeah. That's like, you want to know how I know that? I can sit in and just. <laughs> just I was there. I was there yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually that's actually a good illustration in economics is that a cheap meal yeah. is ten bucks. Yeah, right? and that's so we, a problem. We consider yeah, we consider that one of our. If if you look at, hey, how can I eat for not a lot of money? That's going to be one of your cheapest options. Is go hit a fast food joint, <clears throat> and and if you're averaging ten bucks for a meal, then add up that cost three times a day. Yeah, but you're killing your health with that. That's well, uh, yeah, horrible. yeah. What I'm saying is, anything you eat, right? We're gonna have a food cost. It's just a perspective. You know? Like, I mean, that's where yeah, we no, need to go. Just you know, because we were broke, and now it's like I'm, I'm gonna stay broke, even going to McDonald's. Like, this isn't helping yeah. anymore. What's wait, wait, a step Emmett, down from McDonald's? <laughs> Emmett, was your point being that uh, other cultures don't see that a cheap meal is $10 and then if you $10 times three is $30 a day, like Vietnam would not understand right. that it's $30 a day just for the cheapest meal. And um, that, that's in America. So <laughs> Sketchy's then, old too. Sketchy's old too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's already, I'm telling you, he has to be close to our age. I have no idea how old he is, but yeah. I'll tell you, if that picture is Dude, him, that's he's his old. That's his <laughs> you know, fought in the revolution. That's yeah, no, you're right. Actually, Sketchy is out on the west coast, though. All right, on the west side. Yeah, yeah, he, he's on the west coast. Yeah. So, a, a question back on the Cuban thing. Is there uh, a, a sediment <laughs> of Cuban uh, people of, of the American culture uh, or the gov government? Sorry, the government. Is there do how, how would the average Cuban think? Uh, yeah, Cubans in Cuba and or if you hear about them freshly coming to America, do they have a certain view on the government? Do they dislike it? Do they have some propaganda on the, that on the Cuban government, their thoughts on the Cuban government, no, 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 or people, government. Cuban people of the American government. Huh. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Why you got such a weird question, bro? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it, it's funny because we normally don't talk about the American government. We always hear about the atrocities of the Cuban government. Uh, <clears> oh, I think okay. they they know that we are we are a free country. Yeah. Um, and I think it really depends <clears throat> on the Cuban you're really talking to. That's true. Okay, That's because <clears throat> if you if you look at it, I mean, this, the regime's been in place for what over sixty years, right? So I think sixty-two years. Mm. So how much of the old regime do do you have left? Yeah, you know, or or, or how much of the Cuban population that was part of the old regime do you have left not many yeah. <clears throat> okay then you have people like my parents carlos's mom okay that were able to leave that are here mm -hmm. okay so and and we're, and we're talking about people that are 70 years old mm -hmm. so when you look at it if you're 60 years old right now you grew up in that communist country and if your parents did not instill in you and tell you, hey, this country's garbage, this country's like this, they're bad, or one or the other, guess what? You're going to grow up believing everything they say. Mm. 
So I think it all really depends on what the home situation is of that individual. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've had people come up and say, oh, this country sucks, mm. you know, because of what they're fed, you know, in school. Yeah, I think what might be you know, hard for Americans to grasp that if you're in a place like Cuba, <clears throat> you don't have choices of sources of information. The only information you get is what's coming to you from the government or the school. Right. And there's very few, <clears throat> yeah, there's no dissension, there's no well, opposing opinion. I imagine right, right. it's like that in Vietnam I, too, right? I as would, far as the media? Um, I think the media, uh, as far as I understand, it's only if the media starts to walk into government um, politics. Criticism. That, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yes, criticism. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the media is allowed to do everything else, like whether they're... We can report about the, the crime and everything, but once we got to talk about politics, there's a paper coming down and... Yeah, so I, I think it's less controlled than in Cuba, if I had to guess. It's a little bit looser, but um, again, there's that hard stop, the line you don't cross. Right. Well, I think but from what I'm hearing from you guys, it is a lot looser. Yeah, yeah. I, I was different. actually surprised. Uh, I think when Emmett and I went in 2000, gosh, was that 16 well, four, or 18? Four years ago or something, yeah. 18 2018 there was actually a protest um where we actually i was afraid that our plane flight was going to be either canceled or delayed um and it was amazing to me or i guess amazing in the sense of that the people were actually willing to protest against the government the government was making deals with china where china was i believe us if i'm correct on this they were uh buying a port and then they'd have to pay the government would have to pay so much money a year or a month and if they don't pay then china gets that port for good and people were protesting, like, don't do that deal with China. And I was actually, to me, I was amazed that they're willing to protest. So I think, yes, I think Vietnam is a, it sounds looser than Cuba. A lot looser. Yeah, it sounds so a lot if, looser. A I think looser. if you're able to protest, because uh, essentially they're protesting against the government. Yeah. Okay, so if you're able to protest against the government and nobody got shot or killed. Mm -hmm. uh, two, I think two okay. people went to jail. They overdid it. <clears throat> <laughs> they stepped over the line. <laughs> <laughs> they stepped over the line. <laughs> that says it right there. I'm Those two, yeah. I mean, in Cuba right now, the numbers are crazy high as people going against the government. Mm. You know, there's people that nobody knows their whereabouts. Yeah. You know, there's there's a guy, there's there's a famous YouTuber, um, that when he was in Cuba, he stopped his show because he was getting threats. Yeah. Mm. You know, from the Cuban government, he he actually he fled. How he how he left Cuba with him and his family, they got out. Mm. But yeah, so it's pretty crazy. Mm. You know, so you know, just what's, things like that. What's the population of Cuba uh, roughly? Do we know how many people are there? I'll tell oh, you that right now. Consult the internet. Uh, yeah, you have to. I I I I I, I don't know. The like twenty or thirty million. Oh wow! Oh, okay, so that's that's almost that's Vietnam I mean, size. I, I, if that's, I'm that's probably overshooting it, but uh, Vietnam's <laughs> over like ninety million, I think. Vietnam's la, 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 la. a huge population. I want to Google it too. Google it. Um, I could tell He's you guys. Uh, I could tell you guys the story while you're googling. Go for it. I used to uh, I used to bartend at uh, <laughs> one of the big casinos on the Strip, and uh, I was on a graveyard shift uh, for a long time, and the night crew would come in to clean the floors and the mats. 
right? And so it's a, it's a stewarding, like a janitor position. And this particular crew that would come every night was a bunch of Cuban dudes. <clears throat> and they were good dudes. And, you know, I got to know them because I'm seeing them, you know, for like half an hour every night. And, hey, what's up, guys? You know, and, you know, just everybody's a human being to me. So, you know, we're chatting, shooting the shit. And I could see it was frustrating for them in, a, in this weird situation where uh, they had escaped from Cuba. So they're still culturally very Cuban. And some of them were like doctors and engineers and high status positions in Cuba. But then they get to Vegas and they're not, none of that transfers, right? No, nobody's going to hire you as a doctor or, or let you build a bridge with your Cuban credentials. Right. So they're basically kind of starting over. Mm-hmm. But then they're in a casino, which has uh, great like union wages and health insurance. And it's a great job for most Americans. So in this weird way, they've fallen down, but then they've landed in this good job. <clears throat> That's a shitty, you know, cleaning the floor position. And you could see these these poor guys that were just good dudes that, you know, you got to bring home money to raise the kids and, and you, you want to take care of your family. But there's this frustration like, shit, I'm stuck here on a graveyard shift, you know, cleaning mats. Um, and it was such a strange, uh, <clears throat> I guess, corner of the world to end up when, when I thought of it because we're talking about the broader picture. of. But were, were they upset because they were cleaning mats or... Are they upset? Um, like, I'm trying to understand why they're upset. <clears throat> I get yeah. the fact that, you know, you come from one place as a doctor and you're cleaning floors as another. Yeah. But you left a place with certain conditions and now you're here. Yeah. So where exactly is the anger? Because even as a doctor, from what we've gathered, yeah. it ain't much. Outside of status, your, yeah. your life is so crap. But I think so, for humans, a lot of it is about social standing and respect, right? And then, then, you know? then yeah, that's that would be. But yeah. is their situation better here, cleaning floors? I would wager yes. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's kind of interesting that you bring that up like that. Frank, you have an answer? Yeah. Look like you have an answer. Yeah, I do. What was that number you said, Carlos? I said, what, 20 or 30 million? <laughs> he wants you to be wrong. <laughs> I, I'm probably wrong as hell. <laughs> How many Cubanos? <laughs> Eleven million three hundred eighteen thousand seven hundred eighty-five. Eleven million? Uh, you weren't crazy yeah. off. Eleven that million. Wasn't that good, far yeah. off? Yeah, it was like. <laughs> yeah, about nine million. You, you hey. only doubled. And then Emmett was right with 90, 96 million for uh, Vietnam. Okay. Oh wow. So uh, <laughs> a, a, a question for both of you, Frank and uh, and Carlos: Is there any Cuban culture that you wish? Uh, either Americans or the world would would understand uh, or uh, adopt. Uh, so, for example, in the Vietnamese culture, something that I love is the home unit. Um, I there are pros and cons. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll lay that out. That they're very close: mom, dad, child, uh, son, daughter, <clears throat> grandparents. The family unit, uh, aunts and uncles. It's just a tight family unit. Um, that might come from the time of poverty. That might be more of a uh, a historical thing that causes the culture. Uh, you're shaking your head, right, but saying no. Um, and then I wish America would would somehow. I don't know the answer because there are complications. If you take that on, uh, some one thing that I don't like in the Vietnamese culture is you always have to respect your elders, even if they say something wrong. And I don't like that. No, those are similarities. Actually, okay, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the Cub- Cubans are very similar to that, and I think. And, and, and it's not just Cubans. I think anywhere out of the U.S., 
is very much like that. I know, I, mm. I know. I don't know about Europe, man. I think Europe. Okay, is, maybe not Europe, but I mean, yeah. I think majority. I think majority of the population Except does have that home life, you know. And it really, it it also starts here at home, you know. But what happens? A lot of us work, right? I mean, Carlos, you mm. and your wife both work, mm. so it's hard now. In Cuba, where maybe one parent works or none of them work, okay, you're able to have that home loving life. Mm. In Vietnam, I'm sure it's the same way. Probably not everybody works, right? <clears throat> or they or they both work. Like to say, mom and dad. Um, they they, they typically both work. Mm. Uh, I would say more so they both work than they than they don't. Okay, okay. Majority is. And I just think it's also do, I mean, how much stress do they have about paying their bills? You know, uh, it's all that plays a factor in having a loving home or, or a unity home where, you know what, you all sit down and eat dinner together. You all do this. You, you know, you all go out as a family or, you know, I mean, respecting your elders, you got to respect your elders. I, yeah. Okay. Now, hold on. <laughs> there's, 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 there's a way there's a way to tell your elders hey you're wrong okay in a very polite way you don't no i i think you could always tell anybody hey look you're wrong yeah. uh, i you v- know in the vietnamese culture you, you you're not supposed to eat uh, like in cute <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit where you're. I don't care. I'm just telling you you're wrong. Because that's an American you know? talking. <laughs> it is. It is. It is very Americanized. I mean, look, I'm very Americanized. I, I got Cuban yeah. roots. I got Cuban runs in my blood. Yeah. Okay. But I'm Americanized as they come. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I believe that I'm going to tell you that you're wrong when you're wrong. When you're right, hey, thank you very much. You just taught me something. That's but when great, you're yeah. wrong, you're wrong. I, I don't care if you're my mom, my dad, my grandparents. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. You still have a right to know that, hey, I think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. In your eyes, in their eyes, they might not be wrong. Parents are never wrong. Like, with my kids, I'm never wrong. <laughs> okay? I'm never wrong. I'm always right. I think part of it is, I think it's a two-part issue in America as opposed to our cultures. And I say our meaning Vietnamese and Cubans because from what I'm hearing from you, they're pretty similar. But once you get here, the first thing I, I would say is, the, you know, the work structure in America kind of breaks that because both parents are forced to work pretty much. I mean, if you can get if you have a, a one parent working household in America, you're doing great. And yeah. so for the most of us in the middle class, that's not the case. Both of us have to have jobs, people watching our kids, schools mm-hmm. basically raising the kids, <clears throat> which brings me to the second problem then. The messaging that the kids get and that society gives us parents that, you know, the children are empowered from very young. And so that whole dichotomy that you experience in Vietnam and that Cubans grow up experiencing is evaporated literally from the get go in the United States. And and Mm -hmm. so you you don't have that kind of structure. And even those of us who are first generations we have enough American in us to where we're at conflict with our own parents because we just don't see things that way because we've been told since the get-go, 
you know, that we, we have these rights and we have these powers and we have this, this, and, and, and we've grown up with ass. a different mentality, <laughs> you know, it's well, like, yeah. So yeah. I, I think all of that is, is, is an issue. And America is definitely one of those countries where, um, kids and kids, you know, kids are you know brought up in a sense that like you, you leave, you leave the nest and don't, you know, be your own person and the parents, you know, you, you care for them and all that, but they're always a phone call away and that's where you want them. Whereas yeah. in, in, in our cultures, you know, we're all kind of much more meshed in together and, and that's a part of messaging. And I think the work structure in here has helped that as well because parents can't mm. even really be there. Wait, Lim, so are you saying I should uh, move my mom and brother into my house? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in America. <laughs> that's, that's great, man. You said that's a better family structure. <laughs> Just depends. Uh, we got a tight unit. Yeah, start, you're in America now. You have cover. If they give you a headache, you're like, "Look, I'm in America." See, like, that, that just changes everything. That's like your, 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 your. I mean, we got a lot of ants. We, we can bring you have a the pass there. <laughs> hey, Frank, I need to buy an apartment building to house all our family. Right, yeah, just move next door. <laughs> Frank, I do have to get to the baby. I don't know. No, I know, I know. We're get we're gonna wrap it up right now, Carlos. Don't worry. I was already getting into that. Just one last comment from Sketchy. Capitalism has forced Americans to be overworked. America is the 10th most overworked country. Maybe if we work less, we all could focus on our families and have a better quality of life. I agree with that. I completely agree with Sketchy. Hey, yeah. uh, guys, we've been with Liam Lee and Emmett Morris. I said your last name, right? No, yes. Morgan. It's all good. Morgan. Morgan. There we go. Yeah. I, hey, I was halfway right. I started with no, you, you had a written Morgan, correct Morgan is, is one of those like difficult yeah. Vietnamese names to pronounce. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter unless you want to buy a house in Vegas. Then come. Down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, um, guys, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. Um, we actually just to our audience, we're gonna take a three-week break. Mm. All right, we're gonna be back. This was the hell of a show to close out whatever you want to call it our first season, our first 40 shows, whatever you want to look at it. 42 okay? <laughs> 42 many, all right, without taking a break. You know, so again, I say thank you to you guys, thank you to our audience. Uh, Carlos, one last, you have something else to say? You're good to go? You want no, to go home? Uh, Bye-bye. Uh, it's been great talking with uh, with uh, Lean and Emmett. This has been an awesome show, and I welcome them to come back anytime. We love to have people here because, honestly, I get tired of talking to friends. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> hey, you guys are great. It was a real pleasure, uh, yeah, Carlos man, and Frank. If you guys just want to come by, shoot the shit, some random topic you just want to discuss on Friday, hop on over. We're fine. Awesome. We'll, we, we love that. We love the openness of the show. We started off political a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm tired. <laughs> tired. I, I get it. You know, and, and so uh, we we still touch it, but having other people show up has really opened things up. And so, anytime you guys want, come on back. <clears throat> do, do you mind if we, uh, for my intro and outro? Go do you mind for if it. I take just a couple more minutes. So, uh, can you guys uh, just plug yourself just uh, quickly? We're gonna do this is gonna be at the end of the show, and then we're gonna do an intro. So, plug you yourself. You want me to? I'll just plug myself. Yeah. Just take take us off. Okay, hold on. Oh. 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 <laughs> what? Oh, bye. Hey, what?
He said, take us off. And he's like, oh, he's well, that what you, oh, oh, that no, no. Plug <laughs> what was it you want? <laughs> Plug your show. Your, uh, tell me, tell oh, them where oh, they can oh, find oh, you, the, the name show, of your Frank. show. I love the show. <laughs> See, this is why we need a break. Where, where do we find the Sketchy and Laura show? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I'm Frank. And there's I'm Carlos. Carlos. We're the host of Speaking It Real on Friday nights and Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Every Friday night we'll be here. We discuss topics, and they're random, honestly. Some of it will be news. Sometimes we'll be yeah. reached out to, and somebody will just want to discuss something. We're open for business. We're open to talk about anything. It's a great show. Is uh, Facebook the best place for people to catch you live? Uh, Facebook and YouTube. Excellent. Will be the the best place to catch us live. We also stream on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all your um podcast networks. We're all over the place. Awesome. Perfect. Okay, let me just do the intro and then you're gonna plug yourself again. Sorry. So uh it's the, this is I'm gonna put it at the very beginning. So I'm just gonna do my thing. I'm gonna um point it over <laughs> to Emmett. Emmett's gonna point it to you guys and then use uh you uh replug yourself and then I'm and then point it back at me when you're done. Just say, Okay, Lim, what did we talk about? And then I'll close it out. All right. Okay, uh, Carlos, I'll go work, first. This is going to work great. This is going to work Carlos, great. Carlos, I'll go first, and then you go. And then right when we're done there, let me know when you're done. So we'll just, I'll just close to my closing line. Okay. Hello, family and friends. Welcome to another Talks with Lim Lee. This is available to the billions of people around the world <laughs> on YouTube, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other platforms. I'm, a, I'm Lim. I'm your host. I'm a software engineer and I've been doing it for 20 years, around 20 years. And today my sidekick is Emmett Morgan. I'm a dude in Las Vegas. I'm a realtor. I've been eating and drinking since I was born. And <laughs> we like to have deep conversations <laughs> despite what that started with. But we are lucky to have two awesome guys uh, that we have met through chance. But uh, let me introduce first uh, Frank Cuesta. He's down in Florida. What's, what's your story, Frank? Tell us what's going on. Hey, you know what? I do freight forwarding, as we know. <laughs> we got we got this wonderful podcast that I'm the host of. Podcast it's called Speaking It Real, and I got my co-host over there, Carlos. What's your also, story? I am also in Florida. I am an educator and a part-time realtor, and uh, I'm the sidekick in the show. Frank normally brings the the news he brings the guests and i torment them all that's my job <laughs> and emmett i have to say i'm impressed with what you just said you've been eating and drinking your whole life but you somehow did not talk about your breathing how have you made it this i have no idea but i have to say i'm impressed man <laughs> I, breathe between, I breathe between bites and sips <laughs> All right, so audience, we uh, spend uh, about I think maybe two hours talking about the Cuban about Cuban culture, about Vietnamese culture, the governments on both sides, the uh, Cuban Americans, Vietnamese Americans, and the Taliban, and the Taliban and COVID too. Oh, so, yeah, those guys. Yeah, so audience, stay tuned <laughs> for that. And then Frank, did you want to close out something? Yeah, guys, thank you everybody. All right, for joining our show, for all the comments. Okay, one thing here, I'm speaking with real, we always want the truth and straight spoken. So you might not agree with what we're speaking, or you might agree with what we're speaking. But at the end of the day, Carlos and I, 
and whoever we have on this show, <laughs> okay, will <clears throat> always be speaking it real. We'll catch you in three weeks, guys. Good night, yeah, cheers. Good night. Cheers. Good night. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burr, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.